Welcome to the Only Football Fans podcast. Basically, we're a group of 10 mates, frustrated that we can't meet up in the pub every week to chat about the footy. So, we've decided to do a podcast instead. Hello guys, we're back. And today we've got a special guest with us. We've got Nicky Forster with us. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight, Nicky. You're welcome. Good evening, You're welcome. Appreciate no it, mate. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a chat about your career, mate. Just work our way all the way through and sort of a few stories along the way and go from there, really. So um, first things first, just want to start off with a few sort of quick questions just to get to know you better. So first one is, who is your childhood hero? Uh, growing up, Kevin Keegan. I had the uh, the old England top, do you know what I mean? With the uh, white shirt with the blue, big blue panel at the top there. My mum embroidered a seven on the back of it because you couldn't get numbers printed in those days. So she stitched a number seven on the back. So Kevin Keegan was my man. Blinding. He's going to say, um, then. what's your worst habit uh my worst habit being late i'm not late for work i'm always on time for work but social events uh i'm always late um if my wife says we're leaving at 7 30 at 7 25 she's putting the shoes on and going out the door and i'm wandering up for a bath at 7 (laughs) 27 so um uh, i mean i'm always late in my social life fashionably late mate well, she don't see it that way. <laughs> um, what's your biggest fear? Um, my biggest fear is not realising my potential, not doing the things that I wanted to do. So um, one of the things I do now is a goal setting coach and I, I mentor players and I go into um, team business sporting environments and I go into businesses and talk about goal setting. So uh, uh, always my biggest fear is not realising my true potential. Like that. Um, which team do you support or which team did you support growing up? Okay, so we, as a family, were West Ham fans. We are, uh, we are Hammers. Um, my dad is a, an East End boy, so uh, that's where that came from. But in terms of now, I pretty much support every team I played for. So there was eight of them. So uh, as we go through, you'll, you'll find out. But um, yeah, pretty much the teams I played for, it was an honour to play for them. So uh, I support them as well. Nice. And last- more clubs than me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Eight clubs now. It's eight. <laughs> With West Ham, there's nine. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the last one, Marmite. Love it or hate it? Oh, I love Marmite. Yes. Yeah, I love Marmite. Sorry, <laughs> Greg. I keep being your one out here. Hey, nearly every week. It's the footballers are loving the Marmite, mate. Yeah, I'll be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a, anyone who doesn't like Marmite. I wouldn't have them as a friend. Right, Greg, you better leave then, mate. Should we? Can I, can I you, or do you have to do it yourself? I said, uh, I'll exit. <laughs> oh, wow. Never mind, Greg. <laughs> um, I'm surprised at the rest of you that he's on. Yeah. <laughs> Should be ride, ride him out, really, for that. <laughs> um, so you got your start, bit of a strange one, wasn't it? You didn't come through the usual youth system. So at Hawley Town, tell us your story of how Gillingham come about. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, if I go, if I sort of use that, um, uh, you know, uh, realizing my potential uh, and, and 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 making sure I don't have any regrets in my life, and that is a great story for it because I was playing for a, a youth team in in um, in Hawley in Surrey, and um, uh, it was in the, their first team was old in the old Dan Air League, which is no longer, and um, they had a pre-season friendly against Gillingham. 
and um, the game was coming up at the weekend and um, at the Thursday night training session with the youth team, which we were 16 to 18s and I was just coming to 18. They said, look, we've got a game against Gillingham, pre-season friendly. Any of you boys want to have a game, second half, come on, um, then let us know. And it was, just a, it was just a casual sort of offer, really, on the training ground at the end of the game. And I stood and looked around and no one put their hand up. No one put their hand up at all. Do you want to play against a professional team? And everyone's like, oh, no, I better not, because no one else has put their hand up. So I said, yeah, I'll have a game. Do you know what I mean? Just casually, everyone's like, oh, my God, what's he doing? Do you know How what I mean? Was I, just, I was uh, 17. Wow. 17. And I said, yeah, I'll have a game. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll have a game. And they came, Gillingham, they brought a team down pre-season, as I say, about August time it was, or just before that, July time. And um, I'll never forget it because... The first team, Hawley Town, played their first team first half and then they used a couple of dribs and drabs in second half and I got on in the second half. But after about 35, 40 seconds, Hawley scored and celebrated, as you'd imagine, the fans, the crowd, the players celebrated like they'd scorned, scored the World, you know, the World Cup. Unbelievable scenes. Ended up losing 14-1. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> the rest of it was just absolutely, uh, a, a, you know, a, um, a demonstration on keeping the ball. You know what I mean? Gillingham just played them off the park. But um, I come on second half, obviously did something. I mean, uh, if I watched a video of it now, I'd probably be embarrassed. But somewhere, somewhere on the pitch or, or in the stand saw something that they liked and they offered me down for a trial as, as a result of that. And out of all those players, those lads that, that stood around on that Thursday night and said no, I was the only one who said yes, got a trial and, and the rest is history. Got a one-year deal. Wow. Good on I you, mate. I can't believe anyone didn't put their hand, like, apart from you. Like, <clears throat> well, I suppose... Sort of I suppose aspirations or... Well, I suppose they did. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I've seen any of them again, so I never had the chance to say, look, why don't you put your hand up? And it was yeah. almost like... It was almost embarrassment you know, the sheep, do you know what I mean? We, we well, better not do that. No one's put their hand up. First person's looking. And if, I suppose if everyone put their hand up or 90%, then the other 10%, they would put their hand up I as well. It, yeah. I was the only one that went, go on, I'll have a game. Do you know you what I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you actually, like, do you, obviously, I think you answered it. You obviously haven't sit, I don't speak to them no more. Or I ain't spoke, I ain't heard of them or nothing like no, that. No, I mean, um, Hawley played their game somewhere else now, sold the game off, sold the ground off, and it's now a housing estate. But, um, I mean, Gillingham bought me and they paid for, they paid for, um, I think that they, they made some nice touches in terms of they paid a fee for me and that fee went to put, to, to put new lighting around the whole ground. And they bought, I think they bought a new kit for, for Hawley Town as well. And then when I went on from Gillingham to Brentford, they got a kick back again. So Hawley got another payout, a percentage. So, and Gillingham always looked after them in that respect. So it was quite a nice story. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and who was in charge at Gillingham when, when you sort of went there? Was it Glenn Roder? No, he came after. It was Damien Richardson was the Irish manager. Um, he came in. So it was Damien Richardson and Ron Hilliard was his assistant who used to be a keeper, a goalkeeper at Gillingham. So I, I signed for them and, um, and it, it didn't last long. I think it was about four or five months into it. And, and then Glenn Roder came in and... Um, immediately clicked and he had um, Mickey Flanagan as the, uh, no, Mike Flanagan, Mickey Flanagan, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> as the, uh, yeah, yeah, he would have been a great assistant, he would. But um, Mike Flanagan was the assistant and he done so much work with me and in the end he became manager. So uh, the pair of them done really well, Glenn and uh, uh, Mike Flanagan. 
That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> and I saw in your first season there, you scored 18 goals. Second season scored 18. That, first, I think second, I scored either it? six or eight. Um, but second season, I scored 18. And um, we managed to stay up sort of second to last game of the season. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I never forget it. And, and to this day, I mean, Gillingham fans, they boo me whenever I go there. I played a testimonial once at the end of the summer and they booed me uh, every kick of the ball. And I'm thinking, I'm here doing a testimonial for someone else who played for Gillingham. It was Jim Stannard, the goalkeeper. I played in his testimonial and, and the Jules fans booed every touch. I thought, Jesus, I don't need this. But um, <laughs> because, because I left and they were hoping I was going to stay, um, yeah, I mean, there's always been that sort of ill feeling, which is sad, really, because, as I say, they were, they were the club that gave me my first intro. Was it your contract was coming to an end and you... It was, yeah. I'd had, I had a one-year contract, signed an extension for a year. And I just thought at that point, that was the time where I need to perhaps step up. I scored, I think, eight first season, six, uh, 18 second season. And I just thought, do you know what? I need to take that step up now. And uh, so I moved to Brentford and it turned out to be a good move. So it was the right call. That's brilliant, mate. Go, go on, Greg. I was just... Um, you played... At Gillingham with um, one of my old managers, or his assistant gaffer at Croydon Athletic, Neil Neil Smith. Yeah, Smudge. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he, he was one of my managers then. He's he, and he's Bromley now, isn't he? Yeah, he's such a great lad, Smudge. I mean, I played with he, Smudge um, at uh, Gillingham, as you say, but he also came to Reading, so I was together twice, with him yeah. again at Reading. So we were together yeah. twice. Great character, such an amazing character. You know, he, he's. His life and soul, the dressing room, if he's, even if he's not in the team, he is brilliant in the dressing room. You know, he just laughs at every joke. I mean, a stand-up comedian, do you know what I mean? You'd want Smudger in the front row because he's perfect. Yeah. He just laughs at everything. I mean, Only Fools and Horses, you know, it's, it's British history, isn't it? You know what I mean? We've sat and watched it, do you know what I mean, uh, together. Um, I remember us being in a hotel one once, and, or a hotel once, and, and we watched it. And everyone knows the gag that's coming with Only Fools and Horses because we've watched it that many times. And he laughs like it's the first time he's ever heard it. It's <laughs> great. Yeah, I, mean. I love him. I'm glad he's doing well. Yeah, he's, he's a, he was a good man. Like, he wasn't my manager for long, but um, even just in a short time, that he, yeah, he, he, was, he was a lovely bloke and appreciated everything he sort of done for me in that short, short space. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. Glad he's doing well as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, you, you moved on to Brentford from Jill's. Um, was David Webb in charge then? He was, yeah. Webby, and he, he's sort of, uh, he was a different manager. Glenn was the one that put your arm around you, like, are you all right? He was that sort of uh, really nice guy, and he was a genuinely nice man, Glenn Roder. Webby was, I wouldn't say he's not a genuinely nice man, that's unfair to say that, but he, he, he ruled it on fear. You know, we were scared, you know. I want you to do this, this or this with the ball. If you didn't do one of those three things, you're going to get a rollicking. So, but he, he, the one thing that he did really well, Webby, is he simplified the game. And the best managers I've ever played under are the ones that simplify the game so we understand exactly what they want from us So as players. And he did that really well. And he was successful. Yeah, 100%, mate. Well, your first season there, I think it was your first season anyway, you, you've hit the ground running again. You've got, in, got 26 goals, 24 in the league. Yeah. And you finished second. Was that the year that the Premier League sort of changed the amount? Because second would normally take you straight up, but you went into the playoffs. It did. We come second that year. We come second to <clears throat> Birmingham and Birmingham were, and we talked about clubs just off the line before we started this. 
Birmingham were, you know, a big club in a division too too low, really, for their standings. And they're struggling again, sadly, which could see them drop back down into a, an equivalent league. But um, they, they, were a, they were a massive club and they finished above us and rightly so, to be honest with you. But yeah, we come second, didn't get into the automatic spot, went into the playoff um, against Huddersfield, lost out over two legs, lost out on penalties in the end, actually. Yeah. yeah. Did you bag yours? I, I come off and I come off in the second leg. I come off with about twenty minutes to go, oh. and uh, so I didn't get a chance to take one. Second, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised he took me off because you take one of your strikers off, leading striker, when it's heading towards penalties yeah. in extra time, you take him yeah. off. And I think, but he, he put a couple of other strikers on and tried to win the game. It didn't work, and, and as I say, we lost out. Unfortunately, we lost out. Lost out yes. to uh, to Huddersfield. Andy Booth it was. Uh, I think oh, he scored yeah, a decisive right. penalty. Boothy. He scored some goals. He did, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah. He was a good, just good sort of old-fashioned target man, wasn't he? Huddersfield. Yeah. He played, mm. scored a lot for them. He went. Oh, I think he played Sheffield Wednesday in the Premier. Yeah, Sheffield well. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah I, I remember, remember him Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I see. During your time, obviously at Brentford as well, you got your your under twenty-one call up for England. Was Boothy in that? No, uh, not in that one. I played with Boothy at, um, there was a, um, the uh, League One and League Two at that time. They, they put a, a team together, um, like a combination, like a, um, like a um, yeah, they did put a team together from the two leagues. And we went over and we had like a yearly thing where one year we went to Italy and played an Italian team, and uh, which was exactly the same. It was like a, a combined team of the two lowest, lowest pro divisions, if you like. So we went over and played uh, in Italy that year. And then they came and played with us um, a, a year later, which I didn't play in that one. But yeah, I played with Boothy in that game, but not for England, I don't think. I'm pretty sure Boothy wasn't there for that one. But um, I played I played up front um, for England with Julian Jochum. So, oh, uh, right, yeah. There's some good names there. Neville was there. Beckham was there. Um, so there were some, some good names. Never heard of them. No. <laughs> our lives, our lives trajectory went about the same sort of way for about three weeks, about three weeks after that, and then it went different directions. <laughs> um, go on, Greg. Uh, well, just when you was at Brentford, mate. I know when I was looking up like your stats and stuff. Um, you obviously done really well, but I, I saw a name, Rob Taylor. I've never really heard of him, but he was banging some goals as well. And I just wanted to know about him, mate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone mistakes him for... Because he, he was a Bob Taylor. So everyone mistakes him for the Bob Taylor that played for West Brom. Oh, uh, yeah. But um, he's a different Bob Taylor. He came from... Um, he started off, I think, as a young boy from Norwich. And then I think he went to Cambridge. And then he came... Webby, Dave Webb bought him to Brentford. And he was a... He's quite a big sort of lump, if you like. And it was a, a sort of like a sort of perhaps a James Beatty sort of esque character, but he was um, incredibly good in the air and he was a phenomenal finisher. Both feet could just finish for fun. You give him the ball in and around the box, like Curitan, I oh, just find corners. He just, he just scored goals. So uh, we, we worked really well because he was deceptively good in the air. So he flicked lots of balls on and, and we worked really, really well together. I think he scored 24, 25. I scored 26, I think. So uh, it, it was a really, really productive season. And, and Forster and Taylor, so we were called the FT Index. And uh, there was a piece in the paper with Webby sort of um, saying that he likes nothing more to look in the paper on a Sunday and see that the FT Index has risen again. Because <laughs> <laughs> you scored the majority of the goals, both of you. And that's, I've, I've never really heard of him. So I just wanted to see what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
following now social media and from time to time we sort of connect but uh, yeah he was a very very good uh, he went on actually to play for Gillingham and he was involved in the amazing final against Man City Gillingham versus okay. Man City yeah, yeah. Wembley and Weaver. Think, yeah that's right yeah and I think Gilling, uh, Man City won it in the end didn't they and then yeah, after he saved that, him run up the pitch didn't he that's right. And um, after that, he was signed for Man City. So he played for Man City um, up, up front with Sean Goater and did well for City. And then I think he went back to Gillingham and finished his days there. Oh, nice. career, then. Um, yeah, and yeah. then the second season, like the season after that, weren't as, as good at, at Brentford. Did a lot of players leave or anything? Because you end up finishing 15th the following year. No, I mean, I was injured for quite a long period of the season. I, I got an injured... He, he, yeah, there I'd like go. to say. <laughs> they, had some, they had some good players. Webby just found players, do you know what I mean? And he, he got players just to run through brick walls. I mean, we had a young lad, Gus Hurdle. I don't know if you've heard the name. And, and Gus... He's a bus driver. He was. He was a bus driver for the London buses, London Transport. And yeah. he turned up the training ground. And this is the story. He was doing a five-a-side on on the on the on the side of the pitch. Webby was was just standing watching, and his assistant um, was uh, refing it. And Gus said, "Excuse me." So he said, "Yeah, what can I do for your son?" So he said, "I would like a trial." So he said, "Okay." He said, "Go." He said, "Put it in writing." So he said, "Here it is," and pulled it out of his pocket and gave it to him. And he said, "I like that. Come in tomorrow morning." And and he signed him, and you know wow. he he had players that almost were indebted to him. Do you know what I mean? Would run yeah. through walls for him. And, and as I say, he simplified the game. So we all knew what we wanted. If we didn't do it, blimey, we're in for a rollicking. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was a good character, Webby. Um, I mean, one of the, the old sort of um, Chelsea boys, wasn't he? London Road, Chelsea boys in, the, in yeah. the old days. He was, and I remember one day, you know, as I say, he, he sort of led us a little bit with fear, fear factor. And um, one month Sunday, opened up the paper, one of the Crays had died. I think the second one of the Cray boys, Ronnie had died or Reggie had died, whichever one it was. And on the procession and the paper, the, 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 the press coverage on the Sunday, Webby's pretty much front front row walking along the sort of cortege as they're, as they're walking down the road. And he's there with all the, you know, the other sort of gangsters and that walking along and thinking, whoa. Don't want to cross him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if he weren't in football, you know where he'd be. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he's. Uh, I remember like um, we used to go away, like end of the season, he'd take all the players away. Do you know what I mean? And we'd go away on a club holiday, you know, drinking and 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 uh, the the young boys. I remember we come back to the hotel about like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, dribs and drabs, and and Webby would be almost like the bell man in the in the lift. Do you know what I mean? The door <laughs> would open. Webby's in the lift, and he'd say, "You two, you two, you two, fuck off." Um, I want you in the lift and he'd get the lad in the lift and by the time he got him up to his floor the guy had signed a new contract that's how he did the contract apparently <laughs> so lads were signing you are going to sign this contract <laughs> Can I, I mean I think it was one of them okay. did, he try, did he try and flog you any moody gold or uh, no he used to uh, <laughs> Still, uh, some bits and bobs from the back of his uh, some clothing from the back of his uh, his big um, it was like a hearse it was a great big Mercedes thing and he uh, he did sell some bits and bobs out the back of that a couple of times yeah classic Brilliant. <laughs> go on Greg the old Ralph Lauren polo tops with only three legs we've all had them we've I was going to say, I, gonna say I bought loads of them <laughs> the old family was kitted out of them I um I read I read something about um I don't know whether you knew about it Crystal Palace were, were interested in a possible move for you at the time. Was that was that after the first season? That was that was that second season, yeah. And that, that, that was, when I was playing, that was the other thing that sort of unsettled me. It's the first time I'd had 
speculation. I come to the end of my career at Gillingham or my contract at Gillingham. My agent said, look, this club's interested. Good club. We'll go and meet them. Met them. Felt right. So um, I, I signed for them. And um, But this is the first time I had speculation whilst I was under contract. And um, they offered, I think, 700 grand or, or 800 grand. And then a bit more, I think 1.2 million, someone said. And Webby said, you can have him for 1.5. It's <laughs> ridiculous money in those days. And, yeah. and they said, nah, we'll leave that. And they went and bought Dougie Freeman. And they, they bought, a, they needed a small player, quick player to play up front with a guy called Gareth Taylor, who they'd signed from Bristol Rovers. Big guy wore a bandana on his head and um, he would, he would have been perfect for me to play up front with. And, uh, but it, it, as I say, greedy, Webby got greedy and the, and the move didn't happen. And, and after that, Carlos Saba came through and he, I mean, it's the first time I've ever had a manager be like ruthless. And he said, uh, he said, you can either go to Birmingham or you can sit in the reserves for the rest of your contract. You'll never play a game. And I oh, said, what have I, what have I done? Or what, what, why is, he said, it's up to you. He said, you can leave the office now. Off you go. And it was sure. Poof, brutal. So, take that. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, We're going to uh, argue with him. <laughs> no, no, and that's and that is sometimes what football is like, especially in those days. It's not it's not quite like that so much. But when when you're hot, you're hot, and when you're not, you're not. So, do you know what I mean? Did he not give you? Did he give you a reason in the end, or was it literally uh, just? Well, I, I said why. He said because I think Carlos Arba is a much better player than you'll ever be, and I said, oh, wow. okay. Uh, I said he ain't scored anywhere near the goals. He said that's my view. So to be honest, and when I look back now, Carlos Saiba was coming through. He could see Carlos Saiba was going to do the job he wanted to do. He could see I, I, I was in demand and I could, he could get money for me. It was yeah. perfect. Get him out, get the money, bring this one yeah. through. That's how they do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, you know, and, 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 and don't forget in those days, a lot of managers did have little clauses where they got little kickbacks if they got this revenue in or, or they saved this amount of money on the budget. So it made sense. Thinking of Ralph Lorenz then, eh? Yeah, um, I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go on, Kyle, you had something, mate? No, just, just back on that speculation thing. Like, What is it like for a player when... When you know you're being touted, like you know, club Serafia, yeah. Does it does it affect? Does it? Um, I mean, how much does it affect you? Does it? Does it make you know? Does it make you want to yeah, play I mean, better? Or do, I mean, what does it do to you? I mean, I mean, I've never had it. Certainly, so. when you're older, you can deal with it better. You know what I mean? If you say, "Oh, we used to get wins," especially Brentford, it was a London club doing quite well. Lots of youngsters in the team, so. I mean, nearly every every game we had a home game. It was like, oh, the a scout from so and so's here tonight. A scout from theirs, their here tonight. Scout from Blackburn. Scout from this team. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like, cool. I wonder who they're looking at. Do you know what I mean? They probably weren't looking at anyone. They're just taking in games and just thinking, well, let's go down there. Yeah. A few players down there I know doing quite well. So it, it, it does sort of raise that sort of anticipation, that expectation. You sometimes hear yourself saying got to play well tonight I've got to play well well that's ridiculous do you know what I mean you don't play well just because you go I've got to play well tonight I, I, I yeah. as I say I do some work with my son now um, Jake who's, who's at Charlton and I say Jake don't worry about playing well don't focus on playing well because then you won't play well focus on what you do well and if yeah. you do those things really well you'll play well do you know what I mean yeah. midfielder <laughs> if you move yeah. the ball pass the ball be progressive. Don't keep passing the ball back. Take a chance. Drive into the box. Do the things you're good at and you'll have a good game. You won't have a good game just because you go, 
I need to play well. I need to really do well. To play well. What yeah. is doing well? Do you know what I mean? So um, I would be better at dealing with it now, but then, you know, I suppose we all would with, with experience. Yeah, of course. Um, well, he's doing all right, mate. He's, he's obviously learning on his free kicks. He scored a screamer the other day, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got a good left foot. So he's a left foot central midfielder, which is a nice combination. But um, in truth, um, he did score a very good goal, but he probably should score more of them. There's the parent. There's the parent. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. So <laughs> critical. Never <laughs> at me. Never at me. <laughs> um, go on, Matty. I was just uh, touching on the bit there, what you said when they were trying to move you on. Like mentally, that could have broken you if you weren't a strong character. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of areas of, of professional sport that are are brutal. I remember one one manager, uh, um, well, he was a manager. He was a youth team manager at Brighton. Lovely old guy. Been in football for 45, 50 years, something like that. And he said, Foz, he said, you you know, he said, it's it's a great game, but it's not a great business. And I sort of thought, yeah, in fact, he didn't say, he said, it's a great game shit business, you know, and he's sort of, he's right in some ways because, um, you know, these players and, and I've been there where you're so hot, everyone wants you, you're in demand. And when you're not, you're, you, as I say, you're gone. And, and the ruthlessness of that can leave you feeling very low, very um, underappreciated, undervalued for, for whatever you've done. Because you could play for eight, nine years for a club and once your time, you know, th th they move on. And But that's the nature of it. And the, learn, the quicker you understand that, the, the, the better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it must be strange. I suppose in the modern game, you wouldn't be approached direct. They would probably go through the agent to tell you and stuff like that. It just seems the baptism of fire that you had maybe 20, 30 years ago seems to have massively gone out of the game where a lot of these youngsters are very like arms round him, don't confuse him. In them days, it was just sort of, this is the way it is. And if you don't like it, you can jog on basically. There are elements that have changed, but there are elements still that are the same. And there are still players that, you know, players do get tapped up. There's no doubt yeah. about it. You know, I've, I've had managers um, as I'm walking off the pitch, do you know what I mean? Saying, don't sign a contract until you spoke to me in the summer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Under their breath. And you know what I mean? And, and do you know what? In some ways, that's a little mini pat on the back, a little mini boost. Yeah. And I used to think, I'm, I'm having that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So cool. if the next time I played against his team, I think... I'm going to show him, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm going to show him, you know, I'm a good player. You know, Mick, Mick McCarthy tried to sign me three times, I think, and, and, in, in the end. And, and I only found that out, funnily enough, bumped into him in Westrum once on a Sunday morning. Um, he pulled up, believe it or not, Mick McCarthy pulled up in a red Ferrari, which is, you would not imagine Mick, 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 Mick McCarthy driving a red Ferrari. But he not did. at all. No, he got out of a red Ferrari. And I said, that's Mick McCarthy. I was with my brother. And went over to him and said, um, hello, Mick. And he said, bloody hell. He said, like, um, in fact, what he said to me, he said, you look better now than you did when you were a player. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll take it as a compliment, Mick. <laughs> he, he said, he did say to me, he said, I tried to sign you three times. He said, but for one reason or another, it just didn't happen. And um, I know Joe Royal tried to sign me and, and in the end he did sign me. So, um, you know, you, you do get managers that do like obviously do like players and, and you, you, you know, I think still nowadays, a lot of it is done by agents now and yeah. the agents control now is much more players have to be signed to agents, which I've never liked. I never signed a contract with an agent in all the time I was, I was played 20 years, 19 years I played and never, never signed a contract. I always said to the agent, listen, you do a good job for me and I'll stay with you. 
and 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 that's the way we'll work if you do a good job we'll both make money and, and i do a good job we'll both make money do you know what i mean yeah and um but uh, jake has had a number of agents he's 26 he's had a number of agents and the trouble is is that some of the bigger companies which players want to be linked to because they're you know they're the big players but they might have 40 players you know you yeah you know, and and I say to Jake, you know, an agent with forty players, Jake, where are you on that list of importance? Don't care about mm. it. And then, where if you have a look at that list of importance, how much does that mean then if you equate it in time? Yeah, mm. do you know what I mean? You want someone working for you. That's what they're there for. I'll just feel that they're just, they're just there. A lot of agents are there just to make as much money for their, themselves. I don't really give two toots about the players, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a generalisation, and I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I think players nowadays, you know, um, there, there's a lot more. There's a lot more that player the the agents try and get to know the players a lot more. They do a lot more things off off the ground and things, and they meet and they spend a lot more time. They go and play golf. They sit and have coffees. They try and get to know the players and and know. But listen, an agency fundamentally is there to make money. But then so is a professional footballer. Yeah. So is a so is a manager. Do you know what I mean? So the, the business element is there. There's no doubt about it. But um, you know, I, I just I just think. Um, Sometimes the agents um, don't help the players. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they build them up so much nowadays, almost like parents, build them up so much to an overinflated, um, overinflated impression of themselves. And, and the other thing is, I think that players nowadays will go to their agent to sort out any issue. In the olden days, if I had a problem, first thing I'd do is go and knock on the manager's door. I think they just think, oh, Christ, it's not him again, is it? Do you know what I mean? But at least I could look him in the eye and see, is he being honest with me? Is he bluffing? Do I believe what he's saying? Do you know what I mean? Is he genuine? And I think in, in any business, um, if you meet someone and you look them in the eye, then you can generally have a, a rough idea whether you're being fobbed off, whether you un whether you believe it or not. You have a gut reaction, gut feeling, yeah. don't you? Do you know what I mean? And, and th they don't do that anymore. It's passed from one person to another, to another, you know what I mean? It's always... It's always there's an intermediary or, or always, and that's not a great thing. And and I, I remember a story when I, I came out of football. I was in management, and I went to a job interview, and uh, I expected the chairman to be there, and um, it wasn't. It was a representative of the chairman. So I said, "So chairman's not here." So he said, "No. What you're going to do? You're going to present to me, and then I'm going to go to the chairman and tell them." And I said, "Okay. So how many people are presenting to you?" He said, three. I said, okay, there's only two now. He said, because my, my, my chance of getting the job is only as good as your presentation of mine. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I said, if, if that's the case, then it's not right for me. And, 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 and I stand by that and I stand by that with agents. And I say to Jake, Jake, don't just knock on the door. Don't just come off the training ground with the ump, phone your agent up. You need to tell the manager this or ask the man, go and knock on his door and you tell him because that's how yeah. he'll know you care. That's how he'll know that you're not happy because you're not playing. That's how he'll know that you want to do better for him, for you, for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you can build a better culture rather than this, oh, go, and go and ask the manager why I'm not playing this week. No, you yeah. do it. Yeah. As a manager, you'd respect that more as well. Someone showing a bit of bollocks and coming up to you themselves, wouldn't you? Uh, do you know what? I, I, I was a manager for a while and, and when players came in and said, Gaffer, I ain't happy. I say, why not? And they say, well, obviously not playing or this or this. And I'll say, okay, fair enough. No, I'm glad you've come in and told me. At least, yeah. at least I know he cares. 
It's true. There's too many players nowadays sit in development squads for four or five years. And how many first team games have they played? 15, mm. something like yeah, that. They've been, they've, been a pro, they've been a pro for from 18 to 23, five years, and they've played 15 you know, first team games. Yeah, it's a you short know, career I, as well. I've, I've always thought that you're not what I would call a, a first team player until you've made sort of 50 starts. Then you're an established first team player when you've made 50 career appearances. But until that point, you know, you're just, I don't know, you're just drifting for me. Yeah. Well, while we're on the, the point of agents, yours was Eric Hall. Agent he was, God rest his soul. Yeah, lost, uh, we lost Eric recently, um, yeah. uh, several months back. And um, you, we, talk, we talk, talked about a good friend of, of mine, Ian Pierce, um, who I went to school with. And um, he introduced me to Eric. He was, uh, Eric was his agent when he was at Chelsea and... Blackburn when he won the Premier League and he introduced me to to Eric and Eric comes with such a label doesn't he monster monster you know, you know and um, you know the big cigar the loud shirts and um, and and yet Eric was absolutely first class with me Brilliant. and um, again I said to Eric Eric I don't want to sign a contract um, I said if you get the work if I if I do well there'll be demand you do the deal you deserve everything you get you know, he, he was a he was a colourful character, Eric, and I, I love the guy. I do. I really do love the guy. And um, um, I remember he went into a couple of meetings. He said, obviously, we've got to sort me out first. <laughs> he said about himself. Mickey <laughs> <laughs> in a minute. I was thinking, oh, Eric, Jesus. But he was he was he was loyal and uh, he looked after me and I looked after him. So it was a good relationship. That's brilliant. Because I must admit, when I found out that he was your agent, I, it was the first I knew that he even represented any footballers. I had no idea. Well, he, he represented loads. In the 80s, he was big friends with Terry Venables. So he, in the 80s and 90s, he was um, all of their agents, you know, Tim Sherwood, um, all, all the Tottenham boys at that time. You know, he was he was all, all of them. Uh, he represented them all. And Piercy got hold of him, I presume, through Tim Sherwood, who was at Blackburn. They were at Blackburn together, and I got hold of. I got introduced to Eric through that. And as I say, he was he was brilliant. After Eric, Eric became really ill. Eric, um, he he got blood poisoning, poisoning, and it, it sort of went to septicemia. And he was very lucky to to not to lose his life. And he was in a, a coma for about four or five months, a long, long time. And during that period, I had a, a move and. Um, it was from, um, I think it was, it was from Reading to Ipswich and I needed an agent. So I used Phil Smith, who was one of the big agents in a company called First Artist. And they're still agents nowadays, him and his brother, Phil and Paul Smith. And um, they represented me till the end. Oh, wow. Um, and then, yeah, back back to sort of your time at Brentford, your, your third season, you, you finished fourth back in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and yet again, Playoff final this time against Crewe. Yeah, I mean, I left yeah. that. I left them and went to Birmingham in the January before the end of the January transfer window. So that was the time when Webby just said, "You're not going to play. You can either go to Birmingham, oh, was it? or you, you can you can sit in the reserves." So I, I went to Birmingham. They wanted me. They they had a good squad. Um, Trevor Francis was the manager. So I went there and um, played. I played the first three, scored three, scored three and three. So I started off really well, was was doing well. And then bang, I, I got my first real long-term injury. In fact, someone said to me when I signed, whatever you do, don't get injured because the physio is the toughest, hardest physio you'll ever come across. He will 
beast you every single day you're injured. And I was thinking, oh God. So anyway, yeah. done three games in, done my cruise shirt. I was out for six months. Oh, and, um, it was one of the best learning curves of my life because this guy just brutally destroyed me, but made me mentally stronger, physically stronger, made, got me back to as perfect as he could have got me back after having such a, a, a you know, a, um, um, invasive surgery. And he, he was brilliant. I mean, the guy was amazing. I still talk to him today. That's class. Um, go on, Greg, over to you, mate. I was, well, on that, did you play, the, did you play in any of the rest of that season? Um, I play uh, in terms of, in terms of when I, uh, for Brentford or when I went to no, when I went to Birmingham, I um, I played three games, um, got injured, and um, I was I was out from February through till September. So I missed all of the preseason of the following year as well, and and didn't start playing until about September October. All right, and that that, that was the, the the thing that was the first sort of eye opener for me because. When I signed for, for Birmingham, I mean, they had some really big names. Steve Bruce, Mike Newell, Anders Limpar, yeah. Barry Horn, um, Gary Ablett. Some, some really big names. Do you Tony know Cotty I mean? there and all. Uh, Cotty come later. Yeah, Cotty online. come later. But um, I, uh, I got injured. And in the time I was injured, when, by the time I'd come back, they'd signed uh, Dele Adebola, Peter Unlove, Paul Furlong, I was fourth choice straight away. I was fourth choice. And so that was a, that was a, a tough learning curve because it came in one, you know, they wanted me to play. I, I, I put the shirt on the boots on three times from them. And then all of a sudden you were fourth choice in line. So you were on the bench, on the bench, trying to fight for a, uh, you know, a place. That's a sickener, mate. What, what was Peter in love like? Cause like growing up in the nineties, he was a bit of a superstar, like Average. Coventry and that. He, I, I love Peter in love. What was oh, he like as a player and a bloke? just amazing player did things in training and he, he was sort of almost like um it'd be pinned in by three defenders in the corner and now he'd come out the other side with the ball whilst they were still stood like where he looking where he was momentarily ago was just beyond belief what he could do with the ball in the similar way Trevor Francis could do the same even at that age I don't know what Trevor was when when uh, I went there and uh, he was managing, he must have been 45, 46, 47, something like that. And he, he could do some unbelievable things. But Peter and Love or Nudie, we used to call him Nudie. And, um, and he, was, he was just unbelievable. He was a great lad as well. But um, he, uh, I, I think I've told the story recently, like he had a, an M3 and um, a couple of lads had really nice cars, but they drove quite a long way in. So they bought little runarounds just to fly up and down an escort or a fiesta or something like that to fly up and down the motor motorway so they didn't uh, put loads of mileage on his on his cars and uh, i remember furlong said to him nudy why don't you uh, you got an m3 why don't you buy a another car so you don't keep putting the mileage on the m3 so he said good idea first good idea so he bought another m3 <laughs> <laughs> he bought a second m3 unbelievable that pocket change getting on all yeah. right <laughs> Yeah, he was one of the most talented players I've ever played with. Where did he play after Coventry? Uh, he came from Coventry to, I don't know whether he came from Coventry to Birmingham, but he was at Coventry before Birmingham, I'm pretty sure. Where he went after that, I've got a feeling he might have gone to Sheffield United and I think he retired or went back home to Zimbabwe okay. after that. Yeah. yeah, he did. He went He went Sheffield United and then yeah, he went back to Zimbabwe and played for a few sides there. 
Yeah, I mean, there was a national day in his in his honour, uh, uh, Peter and Love Day. It was a day, um, you know, and, and the same was with um, Sean Gota as well. There was oh, in Bermuda, yeah. There was a yeah, yeah. Sean Gota Day, which was a national holiday. Unbelievable. That's quality, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, go on, Greg. Uh, I, when I was doing a bit of research and that, so in, you played Arsenal that season, or was that the following season? Um, the Coca-Cola Cup, I read. Uh, I don't remember the game. Don't remember the game. I was going to ask if you were there. It's all good. I mean, where was it? From what I read, Home I think it away. was in. Uh, I don't know whether it was a way. We might have. We part. You went to extra time. It might think, have been at. Um, it might have been at home, but because I can't recall it, and we certainly didn't play because I've never played at either the Emirates or at um, Highbury, so it couldn't oh. have been away. So if it was away, oh. then I wasn't there or I was injured. I was. I think uh, I actually read that you missed the game. Actually, I think it's on. Yeah, it's, I think when I read up, yeah, I think they, they played. Oh, I was just reading about the game though. Yeah, someone, yeah. someone got sent off after thirty-three seconds into his debut <laughs> for Arsenal. Don't I was just reading it. up about it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I can't help you guys because I just, I just uh, one of those that's just not in my memory at the moment. So. <laughs> I I say, I'm an Arsenal fan and I can't even remember that. No, no. Well, as Carl said, you missed it. So, yeah. I think so. I don't know. I, I feel like I read something. <laughs> if I played, I would have played very well. <laughs> I, I didn't play. Definitely not. Fair. Three disallowed goals, wasn't it? Yeah, Perfect yeah, yeah. Trick, Three disallowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, obviously, following your, your time at, at uh, Birmingham, you moved on again, gone to uh, Reading. So how did that move come about and who, who was in charge who took you to Reading? Well, as I came back from the injury from Birmingham, it became clear that, you know, the other boys were playing well enough. Adebola was playing well. Furlong was a great player. When he was fit, he was just magnificent. And, and Unlove, as I say, was just that sort of enigmatic sort of creator that, Peter, um, that uh, Trevor Francis loved. So I was surplus to requirements. So I sort of said to Trevor in the summer, look, you know, can I move on? And he sort of said, yeah, if, if you really want to. I said, well, I just want to play games. If I'm not going to play games, I'd like to move on. Because I, as I said, I always wanted to, I didn't want to be a player that finishes my career and played like 200 games. I want to play as many games. I want to play every single game. Like I said, I'd knock on the manager's door if, if I weren't playing, you know, at any stage. So um, Preston came in for me. David Moyes was the manager yeah. and we went up to see them on a, a, a Friday. I think it was a Friday. It was a Friday look around the club. Um, in fact, we went up slightly earlier in the week. No, we didn't. We went up on the Thursday, the day before. And they were, they were a, a bit unsure about my knee, the one that I damaged at Birmingham. So they asked me to have an MRI scan. So I said, well, look, I can do, but um, I don't really want an MRI scan because, I mean, if you, if you fail me, um, what are you, you going to put it out that you failed on the MRI? I'm looking for a new club. Yeah. So there was an agreement that if um, if I if I failed or they they weren't happy with it, they wouldn't go public with that. They'd just say that we couldn't agree terms or something like that. So it was a negotiation there before we even got going. I was a little bit uneasy about it because I played 25, 30 games since I'd come back. So I said, look, I think I've demonstrated that the knee's okay and can cope with games by playing 30 games. I haven't played two or three games. You're not taking yeah. a risk here. But anyway, they made me have an MRI scan and then so I had to stay overnight from the Thursday to the Friday. They showed me around on the Thursday. And then I, I looked around the area on the Friday before my MRI scan. And uh, I went back to see him and I said, look, 
I'm happy with everything. They were happy with the scan, so that was not an issue. And um, I said, look, I want to go home for the weekend, just mull it over, just make sure it's all right. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be back Monday to sign a contract. So he said, fine. On the drive home, Eric all got a, a call. We were on the way back home and Eric got a call uh, from uh, Reading saying uh, we'd like to speak to him. So we detoured from the M1 across to the M40, down the M40, straight into the Medeski Stadium, saw Tommy, but Tommy Burns, another man who's sadly not with us anymore. And when I saw the club and I just, just felt at home, felt right, felt okay. And um, I, I had the difficult call. I remember um, I saying to my dad, I said, do I need to phone date? David Moyes, or can I just text it? He said, no, you've got to phone him, son. You can't. Eric? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, yeah, I knew Eric. I was going to do it myself. He said, no, you've got to do it. And my dad said, I said, can I text him? He said, no, you've got to ring him. You know you have. And I said, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I said, yeah. You know, he said, you know, there's there's the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do. So um, I remember ringing David Moyes and he refused to talk to me. He didn't answer the oh. phone. He wouldn't, I've rung him three or four times. I spoke to someone else, so he knew Eric is obviously someone's told him or he's got heard of it. And to this day, I mean, I I, I said something to him when I, we played against them the following season, and he, he sort of blanked me. Um, and what's more, they sent me sent me the bill for the MRI scan that they insisted <laughs> I had eight hundred pound bill, unbelievable. So I, I didn't I didn't pay it. Oh, Tommy Burns was on the blower to Moisey. We fucking got him, you see. I know, yeah, 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 yeah. I bet it was, yeah, yeah. That's unbelievable. Build you as well. I know. Yeah, oh. 800 pounds. Never forget it. 800 pounds for an MRI scan. What's <laughs> Paul Brad? Just because he didn't get what he wanted, eh? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think he was he was pretty sure that I would come back up and sign. And the fact I didn't sort of peed him off a little bit, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then you said about Tommy Burns. I don't think he was in charge long, was he, when he you wasn't. were there? No. He was, do you know what, Tommy? He, he, he was just a student of the game and and... We'd start off, he'd say, we're going out doing a little bit of shape today, guys. We're only going to be out there for an hour. And literally every single perm permutation is or permeation, whatever the word is, he wanted to cover everything. And I, honestly, there were times at three o'clock in the afternoon, we started at 10 and five hours later, we've done a warm up and we're still in that first little block of shape stuff before we've even gone on to some possession or a game. Oh, you know, it, it, it just could not... And I remember someone sort of once just went, Gaffer, can we not just play off the cuff a bit? And do you know what? It just was the worst thing you could say. You know, it just in the end, it, it, it was just uh, just an information overload and, and the players just couldn't cope with it. And it was just too much. And unfortunately, uh, the players didn't really take to it and the results weren't good enough and he lost his job. And then in came Pards, Alan Pardew. And uh, I've spoke about Pards recently and... Um, He's one of those people we spoke about Marmite and um, <laughs> he is the classic Marmite. People either love Pards or hate Pards. But for me, Pards was one of the best blokes I've ever played with. And I think he's, he's, he's mustered for a player because he is, um, when you, when he likes you, he makes you feel like you're riding on that crest of a wave. And as a striker, it's a great feeling. Yeah, we've we some good, good comments about pards, haven't we, so far? I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, a lot of people have, you know, obviously we don't, we don't see it as a just normal normal fan as such sort of thing. But, yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of players and that have they've all said, you know, rated him quite highly, to be fair. Yeah. So, as, yeah, a bloke, as a bloke more than anything as well, do you know what I mean? He is. is he's, he a good, he, he's not anywhere at the moment. He, yeah. uh, he, uh, Probably still under contract with Newcastle, wasn't he? 
Well, no, he's at, um, I think he was at, wasn't he at West Brom? Was he, oh, he was at West Brom for a while, was he, or something? I don't know. Yeah, where he was. I can't last, remember where he was last time. He's been everywhere. Yeah, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. I think he wants, I think he's always wanted to, um, to manage Fulham by all accounts. And, um, you know, but it, it, they've done really well under Scott Parker. So it, it doesn't look like the job's going to come available soon, whether he'd get it now as well, whether he'd want it now. But Pards, Pards was brilliant. I mean, Pards, I tell you what Pards did. There's a story about Pards. We, he took over and within three or four days of training, it got to the Thursday or something, took over on the Monday. And, and he said, right, everyone after training, finished training. He said, everyone come in. So everyone, he said, get a shower. He said, we'll meet you back at um, two o'clock at the players' lounge uh, at the Medeski Stadium, bite to eat, and then we'll have a meeting. Everyone's like, oh, Christ. Do you know what I mean? Just want to go home. You know, we've got really busy <laughs> afternoons on the PlayStation or something. Do you know what I mean? Or, or uh, something was on the telly we wanted to watch. I don't know. But um, we all went back and um, he had on the screen, he had um, the, a batch of six games, the, the next six games we had. And uh, he, uh, he said, OK, so what do we want from these six games? I mean, he started making some targets for us to hit. So, so really started laying down some goals for us to to achieve and in terms of points in terms of clean sheets in terms of goals for and uh and then we went out on the training ground and he improved us that way as well in terms of he, he made it clear how he wanted us to play he made us better physically he had martin allen that, that just beasted us and made us fitter Mad dog. all of a sudden straight away within about two or three weeks um, the, the, the results started to improve and we started to build and go up the table and we overachieved we, there's no doubt about it we were underachieving in, as, a, as a team and with that principle we overachieved we missed out in the playoffs and then the following year the same method was sort of the process was applied and we got promotion it was, it was amazing and Brilliant. for me it was, it was really that's where I sort of started to understand that maybe the actual game of football I'm not in love with in, in terms of I love football don't get me wrong but um, I wasn't a student of the game so like a manager needs to be a student of formations and how to counteract that and different shapes and, and how styles they want to play me it was more like the actual the physicality of football you know in terms of the the, the challenge between you know myself and the defender that I love that relish that battle that head-to-head -head battle are you going to beat me am I going to beat you today can I get shots away can I get three shots on uh, on target in the first half three shots on target in the second half I'd bully the wingers and say right I want you to get three crosses into the box first half three crosses in the box second half from each side so that'd be 12 crosses and I, I'd expect to get on the end of two or three you know what I mean so for me it was mm -hmm. more it was more the, it was more the challenge. It was more the physicality, and and I used to love spending time with those goal setting sessions, and I used to love spending time with the, um, the sports scientist. You know, at Reading, he brought in a brilliant sports scientist, and and all of a sudden we were. That was the first time I ran on treadmills. You know, <laughs> with the um, with the mask yeah. on, you know, breathing apparatus, which was horrible to have over your face, and every three minutes they'd take you off, they'd prick your finger, take a little tiny. Um, um, glass tube of, of blood and take your lactate threshold and I started to learn about that and that's when I realised you know what that other side to football and sport is is really where I was at but before I come to Matty and Greg is that do you think that's sort of what set the the foundations into what you're doing now then 
100 percent. yeah i yeah. mean I, I now spend my time as i say training people coaching people setting goals for people and going into institutions businesses and sporting environments to help them do those same things because you know what football is a business like anything else it is an organization and it has um targets you know has a vision same as a company does so the skills that i learned in the dressing room are transferable into say the boardroom and it, 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 it they are transferable skills the, the the terminology is slightly different we're looking at points and clean sheets as i say and and goals for rather than the business terminology is slightly different do you know what i mean but they, yeah. they still they're still very very similar yeah no doubt um go on greg over to you mate uh just a little bit on on the reading like the players you played with and um obviously like parky went on to be your manager and Obviously, you met up with him quite a few times along the way, but like other players, um, Limboy Primus, and you said we said earlier, obviously, you you went with Smudge again at Reading. Mm. Um, and I noticed a couple of players that came in on loan, Kevin Lisby mm. and the current Premier League manager in Graham Potter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uh, uh, Potter. What? I wasn't with Potter. Uh, no? No, no. Oh. I see Les Ferdinand and Martin Keown came in as well. They yeah, came, they did. Yeah, I saw that yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, Les, Les was just, I mean, we all sat around when we knew we'd signed Les Ferdinand. We're thinking, right, we're going to ask him about some of the women he's been with because um, <laughs> the list was supposed to be amazing. Didn't he and, go out uh, with Danny Bear? Yeah, that, that's the one that came to mind. So the first he, one we asked about. I remember growing up so and he was with her. We let him we let him get in through the door and into the dressing room. And about three minutes after he'd been in there, we started going on about Danny Bear and that. But Les Ferdinand never said a word about anyone that he'd been with or anything he'd done. He was such a nice gentleman. He really was. And uh everyone loves Les, don't they? Yeah, they do. Oh, and he's such a he's such a great guy. I mean, um, you know, we all like um, like kids sat in his DB9 or DB7, whatever it was after training. And then the next thing, because we knew he had a helicopter, we said, right, Les, when are you going to bring your helicopter in? And uh, oh, did he fly it and all? Yeah, yeah, he flew the helicopter into training once. And we oh, were he's like, got a pilot. Oh. Yeah, we sat in the change rooms like this. Do you know what I mean? And um, we're like, you can just hear, boop, 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 boop. we're like, Les, Les is here. Everyone, Les, are all like outside. And Les come around and unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, like kids, we were. That's brilliant. Um, go on, Matty. So, just quickly going back to Pardew, how's this for a, where he's at now? He's the technical director of CSKA Sophia. Is I mean, that, oh, is I random. That. Yeah. that is I random. Yeah, I mean, he's from uh, who's, who's, Wimbledon. Who's, who's the manager? Who's the manager there? There must be a link. I don't know. I'd have to again allow me. That's like <laughs> old fucking Mick McCarthy's just been out in Cyprus, isn't he? Before he went to Cardiff for a two month holiday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I sometimes, I mean, Steve Coppel used to um, take jobs all over the place, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? In far flung places as like directors of footballs, and I'm sure they were just like he could sit, he could sit they wouldn't have to be on site very often, probably once every two or three months. And then they'd sort of say, oh, well, I'll do most of my research sort of European and, and do you know what I mean? <laughs> there, doesn't seem, there doesn't seem to be any manager link. It's Bruno, I can't even pronounce his geezer's surname to be fair, so I'm not yeah. even going to try. But yeah. Give it a go. Say, Give it a go. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's, just, no, it's just not happening. Yeah, it's quite random, but yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, yeah. Decent little job, mate. Go, go on, Greg, back to you, mate. So just a couple of other things about your time at Reading as well. Like uh, 
Jamie Curran, obviously, he was smashing some goals. Um, what a player. He's still doing that now. He's still he is, yeah, he's just, he's just played. Play. I saw a T-shirt on the back. He had a shirt with a thousand on the back. So he's just played his thousandth game. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Curro must be 300 goals now, something like that. Maybe more. He's just just incredible, Curro. He was, he was the Legend best is. finisher of a ball I've ever played with. You give him the ball in and around the box, it's just... It, you. It's almost like he took it so quickly and, you know, defenders were thinking they had a chance to get back because he'd wait for the ball to drop and he'd take it really quickly before they had a chance. And, and he was he was just amazing, Cura. He's a soccer Saturday vidi printer legend, mate. Every Saturday he sees yeah. him pop up with a goal. <laughs> yeah. Great lad. He's a great lad as well, Cura. Yeah, he is quality. Yeah, so he's playing for Enfield now. Enfield. Still going. How old is he? He's got um, forty-two or forty-three, surely. Seven. He is forty-five. I was going to say he's only probably two years younger than me, which is yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so I can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's he's played a thousand and forty-three games, and he scored three hundred and seventy-one goals. Yeah, oh, so it's, it's not, not bad. bad it's not a bad return, is it? Yeah, take it, wouldn't you? Mm, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> Some in career, the, the fellas. In your first yeah. season there, Nicky, you, you lost in the playoffs. Was that to Walsall? That's right. Yeah, we lost out to uh, Walsall. And that was the season that, as I say, Pards came in, galvanised everyone, created a culture at the place. And um, everyone was was linked to the success of that. And, um, yeah, we lost out ultimately, but then we got promotion the following season. We, yeah. we got a draw, last game of the season against Brentford. And, um, you know, it, it was it was brilliant. Pards was the one that took uh, Reading to the next level. There's no doubt about it. Is that old Wembley? Uh, no, it was a millennium at that time. I was, oh, okay. That's yeah. my Disapp background behind me. That's the Reading fans. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> disappointing because uh, I would have, I would have loved to play at the old sort of Reading, uh, the old Wembley, the, the Twin Towers. Yeah. Yeah, historical, wasn't it? Yeah, big time. Yeah. I actually saw the video earlier of that second, um, sorry, that semi-final where Curitan missed a penalty and you followed it in. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I got injured at the start of that season and. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was out the whole season. I think I came back. I, I, it was the last pre-season friendly and I got injured. And uh, so I missed the whole season, came back with, I think, three games to go of the actual season. And it looked like at that point we were going to get playoffs. And um, uh, I, I, I was on the bench for the semi-final, second leg, and, and we were one nil down. And, and I just I managed to set one up and score the other. So it was incredible. He's voted the best game at the Medeski Stadium ever now. So uh, amazing. Yeah, some moment. Um, go, go on, Greg. I've got, I've got to ask you about one guy that you played with, um, Baz Savage. So he went to um, he went to our school and... Um, lived on my road and all. Yeah, yeah, as Terry said, he lived um, local to the school. And uh, yeah. did he ever pull out the moonwalk? Oh, mate, I, I, I can tell you, um, Baz Savage, I played with Baz at, um, as Brighton. you see, um, Reading, but I also played with Baz um, yeah, at yeah, yeah, Brighton. And he's yeah. such a great character, such a, a peculiar man in lots of ways, but so nice with it. You know, he's so funny. And um, uh, I, I remember just like one story, I've got hundreds with Baz, but um, I remember him being on the training ground at, Brentford, at Brighton. And Dean White was the assistant and Dean Wilkins was the manager, Ray Wilkins, his brother. And uh, 
we started training and and for some reason baz kept saying uh to dean uh where's where's dean uh uh whitey and he was like what do you mean he goes well where's dean and he kept saying what you mean the gaffer so he said yeah dean he said he's the gaffer to you he said okay but when's dean coming out <laughs> he said baz show some respect he's called the gaffer to you he said all right but when's dean coming out and then about three minutes later, he's gone, oh, there's Dean. He's coming now, Whitey. Do you know what I mean? And he, I, I don't know why he was like niggling Whitey, but it's just little things like that he used to do, quite peculiar, but he got away with it. And in the end, the lads loved him. He uh, he, he used to do his moonwalk celebra uh, celebration, didn't he? And, yeah, uh, yeah. It become a big thing on Soccer AM, didn't it? it did, you're right. Yeah. But, um, we went out on a night out to Brighton and um, there was a, a nightclub in Brighton. I can't think of the moment what it's called. It will, it will probably come to me. Uh, Oceana, I think it was oh, called. Yeah. On the front, on the seafront. And in there, they had an 80s room, which had like the different colour square floors. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. And one night... Oh my God! He had this—he had this um, Michael Jackson latex mask. Oh God! And believe it or not, one night a song came on, and he, he's gone off somewhere. He's come back. He's got this mask on, the hat on, and he cleared the whole floor. In fact, he started <laughs> dancing, and everyone stepped back, thinking, oh, "I can't dance around this geezer. He's killing me." Do you know what I mean? Because he was that good, and he did a whole Billy Jean yeah. um, uh, routine on this floor, and it's just phenomenal dancer. He's yeah, he, he was. These moves are a joke, to be fair. I, I still be battle with by Harry. Yeah, I've tried to. Dad's on. I've tried to connect with him a few times, but he's got no sort of social media presence. And I've, I've and he's one player that I thought, Do you know what, I'd like to say hello because we room together. And um, I remember um, bedding down one night, sort of about ten, ten thirty. Watch the usual. Do you know what I mean? Friends and shooting stars or whatever we used to watch in those days, and uh, your usual Friday night. And uh, <laughs> I just about to go to bed, and uh, he flicks the light on in the bathroom and he goes in there and I hear sort of groaning and grunting and thinking, Oh my God, what's Baz doing? I said, Baz, what are you doing, mate? So he said, uh, I'm just going to do a hundred press ups <laughs> at 10 30 at night. He, <laughs> that's what he wanted to do. He just felt like he needed to do some press ups. So he did a hundred press ups and then came to bed. Why didn't you eat? He's still playing now. I Googled him before. Yeah, he, plays, he plays in some team in Rygate, doesn't he? Is it? Yeah. South, South Park. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. In yeah. Rygate in Surrey? Yeah. yeah, that ain't too far, is it, for you? No, I shall go get down there, mate. Yeah, According to his Wikipedia, he came out of retirement uh, August 2020 to play for this team, and he's he was, playing for them now. I, he was I playing in Thailand before that. Yeah, he I was the assistant Thailand. gaffer. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he went over there for a while, yeah. I know the assistant gaffer down there. I'll, I'll text him, see if he is actually there. Well, let me know, because I will turn up and watch Baz, because I would love to say hello to Baz again. What a nice guy. That's quality. He was a deceptively good footballer as well. Yeah, he was a good player. Uh, yeah, he was. But he just at Brighton, just... he had quite a bit of success there, didn't he? He did, yeah. And he played up front with me, and because he was, he's got a you know, big lump, and he was really unselfish. Such a nice, gentle mannered man, Baz was, and he had a nasty, nasty bone in his body, and um, he uh, he was a really good foil for me because he was he was unselfish enough to let me take all the glory. That's brilliant. Yeah, he was a good, good player actually, Baz. Mm. Um, yeah, you'll have to do that, Greg. You'll have to see if we can sort of. I'll, I'm just gonna. I'll do, I'm about to text him now, mate. I'll, so hopefully we'll get back to you before the end of the show. That'd be class. If not, I've got like obviously my mum and dad live on the same road as his mum and dad. So if I ever bump into him again, because I used to see Baz quite a lot on on the road when I go and see my mum and dad, 
So uh, I've not bumped into him for a while, but if I ever did, if, like if Greg can't make contact, well, you won't miss him, will you? I mean, no, exactly. <laughs> he came into training. He came into training one day with his jeans on inside out, so his pocket linings were because that's what him and his crew were doing at that time. <laughs> he was definitely a victim of the fashion. He was a fashion victim, Baz, wasn't he? For sure. Yeah, he was one of the first ones I saw. With you remember them, like they'd have the the wrap on their car, which would sort of change colour depending on the angle you. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. purple or something, and then you'd walk at a certain and it'd go green. That's and right. He, he always just part, I remember seeing it on the road. And be like, what the fuck? I was fascinated by it because I was sort of like like early teenager, sort of age, like yeah. 12, 13, seeing that. I was like, whoa, that's unbelievable. Yeah. It was probably when he was playing at Brighton and that. It probably was. Yeah, I think it was, you know. And he he, he, wore, he wore like um, basketball boots and he used to wear one red one, one green one. And I said, Baz, they come <laughs> like that. He said, no, I had to buy two pairs and just... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. He used to he used to be big into the, the garage scene, uh, the rave scene, and he used to wear a black Michael Jackson, well, a black nightclub in, in the rave, and he yeah. used to stick out. He used to clear dance floors wherever he used to go. Yeah, he did. I've yeah. seen him do it, and he's incredible. Yeah. He, he did once as well. I can't, I can only verbally demonstrate it, but <laughs> he played a fruit machine in a pub once as a robot, and he, did, he does this robotic dancing, and it, it's yeah. just phenomenal. It's just mesmerising. You just Bit can't pop in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you just got to, you just got to watch. That's 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 a brilliant story, excellent. Yeah, it's class. So then, obviously, you said Pard's got you boys promotion, and then the next the next season, you scored seventeen goals, finished fourth, and got in the playoffs again. Yeah, we missed um, out unfortunately to uh, um, Wolves. Wolves. I mean, amazing, uh, amazing season, and I played up front on my own, and it really suited me because I could just do my own thing. Uh, I, I found I had space. And, and that's what I wanted. I could just drift from between fullbacks or, or drift between centre-half and fullback, drift between the centre-halves. And where it played really well into my, my hands is I was quick. So I was always looking for that direct ball over the top. And um, very often, if I could pull between two centre-halves or between centre-half and fullback, there was always that moment where have you got him or have I got him? They didn't know that handover yeah. between. There's always that little element of indecision. And once you get that and once they the ball is played, you're in. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I was away. And because I was that quick, once I'd got away, if I stayed on side, I was probably the most offside player in EFL history. <laughs> but um, thank God you weren't VAR then, eh? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I probably would have got as many as I'd got against me to be fair um steve Coppel said it always evens itself out but uh, the amount of times i got away scored or we and the two center halves are proper row I, are you i said you got you got no you know what i mean and it, it was brilliant for me i could just play on that really really well is that is that where um you had Husey in behind you then yeah that was the year Husey played in behind and he came in and what a character Husey was brilliant in the dressing room amazing engine he could just run and again like Baz I was fortunate I played with so many players that were so selfless they were quite happy to go there you go Foz go on you 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 shoot and I'm never shy of obliging there I'd shoot from <laughs> you know, I'd shoot from any angle and um uh you know uh, Husey was just just brilliant for me uh, and, and as a, if I had to say one player that was the favorite player that I played up front with you know, I, Bob Taylor was brilliant. I love Bob. Um, you know, I played, you know, with some amazing ones. Um, Baz Savage, we've mentioned. But Husey, he was the one that, do you know what? I love playing with him. A good character off the field and all. Oh, just unbelievable character off the, off the field. I mean, 
uh, he, he just, as I say, galvanised everyone, brought everyone in together, and um, he, he was he was special in the dressing room. He really was. I, I heard you actually say in one of your recent interviews about him with Les, how everyone was sort of a bit didn't want to ask him a lot of stuff, but Hughesy yeah. was first to the. Hughesy was the one, yeah. I mean, and, and as I say, I told you, Les brought his helicopter in one day, and uh, so everyone's going like, oh, "Can we have a, a fly in? The, can we have? You're going to take us up, Les?" So he said. Yeah, yeah, I take him up. You know what I mean? I don't think he really wanted to, but do you know what I mean? But this is where Les is a really nice guy. Um, the youth team were playing. Brendan Rogers was the youth team manager at Reading. And um, the youth team were training and they were training into the afternoon as well. And they finished at 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock, something like that. And Les says, I'm not taking anyone up whilst all the youth team are training just in case anything went wrong. I, I wouldn't want, you know what I mean? If, if oh, I crash, Les, Les wouldn't. We finished at about 1 o'clock and... Husey was the only player to stay around till 4.30 to have this little 10 minute trip in this helicopter and back down. <laughs> but as I say, you know what it said a lot about Les? I ain't going to take a chance with anyone. That is superb, that. Yeah, I mean, they were 16 to 18. They were kids, weren't they? And yeah, you know what, Les thought, you know, there's just there's no way. That is class. Um, Fair play to Husey for hanging around and all. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean we were like... <laughs> yeah, next day we were like, Hughesy, did you wait? He went, yeah, yeah, waited, yeah, 4 30. We were like, Hughesy, you are nuts. You're completely nuts. You know what I mean? I mean, the money Hughes is on, he could probably pay 150 quid to someone to take him up in a helicopter if he wanted, but he wanted to go up in Les's one. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that must have been pretty cool as well. Just say you've been in Les Ferdinand's helicopter, right? Eh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Hughesy all over. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a story that Hughesy will just tell everyone forever. Yeah, I bet, yeah. Um, and then your time come to an end uh, at Reading and you ended up moving on again to, to Ipswich Town with Joe Royal. How, how did the sort of, was it co contract come to an end and wanted pastures new or? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to stay really. And um, Steve Koppel was, was a bit uncertain. I, I sort of meant, I went to see Steve and he's one of the nicest men, Steve. And I respect that man probably more than any other manager. And uh, the one thing I say about Steve Koppel is when he spoke, I didn't always like what he was saying, but I could never argue with it. You could never think, you know, you're being out of order. Dave Webb used to just kill us sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, cut us in half in terms of verbally. But um, Steve Koppel, even if I didn't like what he was saying in terms of it was critical, it was personal, you know, I don't think you're working hard enough. I don't think you, you could never argue. He was a, a measured man. He, he chose his words carefully. And as a result, um, I, I admire him a lot, um, but it came to a point, I was coming to the end of my career, I struggled with a bit of a groin injury for that season. And I sort of said, look, contract wise, he said, look, Foz, I, I haven't seen enough yet. And I, again, that's the honesty from a manager. You think, okay, fair enough. You know, I can see that. I understand that. And I sort of said, well, look, you know, the maybe the fact that I haven't got a contract is playing on my mind. Do you know what I mean? He said, but I can't give you a contract to make you play better. I've got to see it. And again, you can't argue with that, can you, as yeah. a player? No. And and he's being honest. I said, okay, fine. And it just it just happened that they signed Leroy Lita and they signed uh, Kevin Doyle. And uh, it just looked like I was going to be surplus. And at 30, uh, 31, 32, I didn't want to, to be a bit part player. Not when I've been at the team and been pivotal. You know, you almost feel that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. You know, when you've been the main man, to that then come come away from it so i decided you know what um ipswich 
Joe had tried to sign me a number of times, Joe Royal, and um, I thought, you know what, this 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 possibly time for a move. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, go on, Greg. Over to you, mate. You know, it was just some bits I read there, like Dave Kitson as well was was flying at the time as well. Was, I, yeah. must, I read that he was scoring quite a few goals. Mm-hmm. Um, was you was injured? Was you injured then at the time? Yeah, no, I played with Kits. Um, that was the last season. Um, I was injured for a part of it, and then um, I, I came back and I played with Kits. And Kits was just on fire, just scoring yeah. all the time, and I, I just couldn't get near. Um, I couldn't get near sort of, you know, a run of form. And um, at times I felt Kits was, he was, he was frustrating me because he was similar to me in terms of a greedy striker. He was doing well, playing well, taking shots when I'm thinking, are you going to square it? And he's taking a shot and scored. Can't argue with it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, he, he was just having his moment. He was having his time and I just wasn't. And as a result, it just, it just naturally came to a, a conclusion, but it, it was a, it was an amicable move. And, um, you know, um, uh, I, I, do I regret it? No, I don't. I don't regret um, pretty much. I don't regret anything really. So um, it, it, it was just a, it was a natural break. I mean, every, every partnership comes to an end at some point or another. And that was it. That was that one. Yeah. Uh, over to you, Matty. I was just going to ask, wasn't that the trio that they had when they were in the Premier League? Lee, uh, Kitten, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, they, yeah, they, like they scored yeah. a lot of goals. Them, didn't they? they did, isn't, yeah. Um, isn't Kitson the secret footballer? Well, they say they've rumoured it, but um, it's it's got his mark all over it because he was quite an elusive guy, and he was. Uh, um, I mean, you look at his social media; it's got Dave Kitson, public figure, and uh, so that's what he calls himself. So, um, I, 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 the answer is I don't know. Um, I've asked a number of pros and said, "Who is it?" and no one seems to know. But it's it's. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Kits. Fair <laughs> play. Yeah, and then obviously when you moved over to Ipswich, there, there's a fella that I see that you played with who, who we knew from school, um, a guy called Dean McDonald. Yeah, Dean. Who sent it forward. Yeah, tiny, tiny. What, what was he? Tiny fella, yeah. What was he like as a as a player? Because like when we grew up as a kid, like Greg, I think you were the same age group as him when you at Rutledge. He, he was a year older than me, but yeah, he was the things that kid could do with a tennis ball. I mean, I could, I could, yeah. They used to call it the quad in our school and it was like a, a square sort of area playground surrounded by buildings. Yeah. And we was only allowed to play with tennis balls in case you sort of smash windows and that. Mm. And we all used to play football. It was about 30 aside <laughs> as you do in the playground. And Dean, who was on the books at Arsenal at the time, mm. he used to juggle this tennis ball and sort of catch it on his chest and just run around the playground. And he'd have like 30 kids chasing him, trying yeah, to... Yeah. And you just couldn't get... He was so talented. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just interested to sort of see what he was like, sort of from a professional point of view. Yeah, I mean, he's a really nice kid. Quite a quiet kid, as I mm. remember. And um, he wasn't he wasn't overly vocal, but it was quite a strong dressing room. We had Jim McGilton, who was like, do you oh. know what I mean? Oh, you, you know, he just never stopped talking. We had uh, Kevin Horlock from Man City. We had a number of, um, we had uh, Jason DeVos, a Canadian uh, centre-half, you know, so there were some strong characters in there, myself in there as well, was a strong character at the time. So it was really vocal. So I I don't remember um, um, Dean being that vocal, but he he played as a winger. It was Jamie Peters, um, who's I think was either Canadian or or American, can't remember which. And he played one side and... um, um, Dean played the other, um, but he, he was 
it was sort of in and out the team, but it was a really difficult time for Ipswich. They just had come off that 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 period where they were had that purple patch, you know, with Europe and everything. Yeah, you know, and then they, you know, they were with them. Um, they just come off the, the 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 spell when they had Marcus Stewart playing for them, oh, and yeah. and, yeah. and um, Darren Bent and Pete. That was when they finished fifth, right? Like that. Huh? Mm. Was that when they finished fifth in the league one? That's season? right. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, they were just that. coming down towards that end of that sort of run, yeah. and it was a new transition. And Joe was Joe Royal is a lovely guy, really nice, real father figure, and I admire him. Another manager I really admire. And um, but it, it just wasn't it was a time where the club was just unfortunately doing that little drop. Jim Magilton took over and, and it didn't change a lot, unfortunately. Um, so I enjoyed my oh, yeah. enjoyed my time there, but it wasn't that long. Yeah, Darren months. Curry as well. And it's Tony Curry. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's just talent. taken over at um, he's just he's just taken the role, uh, the under 20 Rees three role at Sheffield United, I believe. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so well, they'll probably love him there anyway through their old man. That's right. Yeah, he's, man, got that yeah. Connect, yeah, he's got that connection. He? Yeah, he was a good player actually, Darren Curry. Really good. Player. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, he, by his own admission, he said, "If I could buy a can of pace from the the, 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 the shops, he said I'd be a Premier League player." I mean, his quality <laughs> was unbelievable. We just didn't have that kind of pace. Yeah. <laughs> we could all do with that as well, boys. If he finds <laughs> yeah. out where they're selling that, yeah. <laughs> I'm like dragging a fucking fridge freezer around when I'm running. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> um, and then you was only only there for the one year, and then moved on to to Hull City. Yeah, Parky came in for me, and um, I went up there, and and that was um, a really difficult difficult stint that was because there was a real divide in the dressing room and not only a divide sort of emotionally or or in, in terms of the spirit of things there was a big divide it wasn't a north-south divide but it was like a a new group that came in with Parkey and then the old school do you know what I mean of Hull you know the, the, the almost the Hull Hull um, legends do you know what I mean and not only was there that divide there was also a divide in terms of the dressing room wasn't big enough to home um, to house everyone so we were split between two dressing rooms so one side was in one and one was in the other and it just created such a an un, uncomfortable uneasy atmosphere and as a result we were just we were just well below par and uh par- parky lost his job um phil brown came in and eventually turned it round. um but it, it took a long time and and dean windass was one of the ones coming in that brought a lot of people together and changed the forms yeah, great, great yeah, character. Quite a few strikers on their books then as well. Michael Bridges, John Parkin, yourself, Dean Windass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Barnby as well. And who? Nick Barnby. Yeah, yeah. Barnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I read the Romford Pele and all. Yeah. yeah, I I mean I, I I played yeah that's when things started to change when Dino was brought in, Dean Windass, and when Ray Parler was brought in, and it just sort of took a step up and uh it just started to come together again. And um, it, it was just, uh, it, it was, it was difficult. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I was phased out for a period and, um, and, and it was a really ch- challenging time in my career. You know, up until that point, I was in demand. I was wanted. And this is the first time where someone went, do you know what I mean? Really don't want you. Do you know what I mean? Because other than that, before that, I'd gone from one club to another, to another, to another. And people always wanted me. This is the time where I had to really sort of dig deep and fight. Yeah. Go on, Craig. There's, yeah, just, I mean, you was mentioning then about like the club legends and stuff like that. Um out of some of the players that I saw there, 
Ian Ashby, I mean, he was he was whole through and through and he played in quite a lot of the divisions with them and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, he was a strong character. Ash, he was the leader, he was the captain. And, um, you know, it, as I say, you know, it, it was difficult. Um, and, and Ash certainly was on one side and there was a group of us on the other side. But do you know what? In the end, we, we managed to sort of come together. And it, it, it was it was no doubt about it. The, the relationship between... Um, the, the two sides was incredibly strained and you can see how that just cannot be um, productive for a football team, you know, when players don't particularly like each other. There were clashes on the training ground regularly. Do you know what I mean? Really regularly. And you sort of think, how can a team move forward if they haven't got that togetherness about them? Do you know what I mean? And, um, but it, it, it came good in the end and uh, uh, I, I moved on eventually. They got promoted the following year, which is now a few clubs that when I leave them, they get promoted. And, and as a result, I've always said I'm a really good signing for every team because once they've signed me, they've got to get rid of me and then they'll go on and get promoted. <laughs> <laughs> Just give them a year's deal. We're, we're yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, listen, there's 92 clubs. I could have had... I could have had like a, a couple of months. I could have had a couple of months or three months or uh, every single one of them, couldn't I? <laughs> every January, people are coming in. Get him in, get him in. Oh, no, Short-term yeah, deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I would have, uh, but, uh, yeah, as I say, it was scary. As I say, three clubs got promoted after I left, but there you go. <laughs> um, and then leaving Hull, you moved to Brighton. Was yeah. was the location a, a big point on that? Like back yeah. down south? It, it was, it was a big, I got married that year and, um, you know, it, it was a big thing coming down. It was my local team. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Brighton is a, is a great venue. The whole, the whole city is, it's sort of like London on sea, isn't it? It's like a mini <laughs> London. It's so eclectic. There's so many different sort of styles in Brighton and, and it was brilliant. I signed there, fell in love with it and was lucky enough to, to captain the team and um, scored my 200th career goal there. And, and, and just, you know what I mean? I loved every moment of it. I see. I see your t-shirt as well when when you scored your two hundred. Yeah, I put. Sorry, that's two hundred. I, I remember. I tell you what we did. We had a um, we had a, a school a, a partnership scheme where normally when players do public appearances, they'll say, "Look, uh, this Thursday, uh, this player's going to this school. This player's going here. This player's going there." And we'd go and do an appearance an hour, and then we'd come away and never never go back. So they had a, a, an idea. One of the the guys in the med, um, uh, marketing department had an idea there where the player would be linked to a school and they would go to that school every other Thursday, which was the same sort of, we, we had to do a, an appearance sort of every other Thursday, something like that, or every week or every other week. And we, uh, instead of going to lots of different places, they put 27 players, that's how many squad there was, or 25, 27, all of those players they put with a school in and around the Sussex area. And they tried to get geographically this players closest to the schools where they lived or they were traveling to or from and that. And, and, and uh, they did that. And so every other week we used to go to these schools and, and that meant that the school could build up a bit of a rapport with the player. The player knew what they were going to. It wasn't just a one-off thing. And, and it was a really successful thing. In fact, it was won tough. awards and loads of other school, other clubs rolled it out. And the, the, the reason why I bring it up is because I was coming towards my 200th goal. So the particular class I used to go into more than any other class, I said to them, right, guys, what I want you to do is I'm coming towards my 200th goal. I want you to design a T-shirt that I can wear. So when I score it, 
I'm going to lift my top up and I'll display the T-shirt. And they all did designs when Omen did designs. And I chose that one. Sorry, that's two, but that's 200. Someone came, one of, one of the kids, uh, I think he was eight or nine, came up with that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Did you, do, you, do you know who he is? I, I, I actually don't. You know what I should do? And it's bad that I don't. I have somewhere got the original design because I brought all the designs oh, right. and went through them. And the next week I said, this is the one I'm going to use. And the lad came up and shook hands like you could do in those days, I suppose. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, though, that um, on one of them, it, it, the, the 200, someone mistook it for a Z and said, sorry, but that zoo. So, <laughs> someone put a, a, a post in some of the paper saying, uh, Nikki, Forster with the most cryptic message of the week or something like that but uh, it wasn't supposed to be that is brilliant great for that kid as well what a moment as well to be at yeah life. do you know what I, I did go back to the sh the um the school and I think I gave him the t-shirt which was oh, printed wow. up yeah I, I'm pretty sure I did Oh, that's brilliant. I'll have yeah. to see if we can find him on social media and well I know the the school was um was uh, Felbridge Primary just in East Grinstead, so I probably could find. Local. Yeah, it was for me, which is why they put me there because it's not uh, that far from home. That's where I live. Oh, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Felbridge Primary was the school I was linked to for a year. Yeah, yeah, that's quality. Go, go on, Greg, over to you, mate. Mate, just quickly, I told just going back to you, Reading. I know we've gone past that, but um, you put up a um, you put up a tweet the other the other week, and I, I commented on it, and. Um, I couldn't believe that it, it was an assist. The pass that you done was um, unreal. But you you got taken out on the halfway line. Oh, that's Nottingham Forest away, wasn't it? Yeah, Scotty, yeah. Uh, Scotty Murray. Scotty yeah. Murray scored. We won you one put year, up the it? tweet and I was like, oh my God, you nearly got chopped in half. And then I, I had a little look at the... Um, the lineup for them, and I, I saw it was number four, Des Walker. Yeah, I, do you know what? <laughs> when you said that, I... I thought, was that Des? Well, I don't remember. You know, sometimes you, I thought, do you know what? I don't remember that being Des Walker, but I looked at it and I thought he did try and smash me and I bounced <laughs> up and I, where I got that pass from, I don't know. I did, I think I put, didn't I? Who did I borrow that pass from? Because yeah, 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 that's what you put. And I was, I looked up the players, mate. I looked up the uh, the team sheet and I saw it with Des Walker and I was like, I was horrified because I was like, dirty, bro. he nearly chopped you in half. I know, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, I, I did that. I played for... England under 21s and I can remember the players I played with and I looked up the other day and I found the website that had like the Toulon tournaments which it was listed and um, I, I looked up I remember playing Brazil and I remember um, I'm sure it was Janinho so I looked up and, and sure enough they had the team sheet and it was Janinho and wow. um, I thought you know what I, I remember him and I thought he was special then and I thought Not oh my god it. <laughs> so um and then i looked at some of the other teams and we played against angola didn't remember didn't, didn't recognize any names on that team but uh, i'm sure that you'd, you'd be not be surprised about that but then we <laughs> we played france and i looked at their team sheet and they had um roberto perez played and um there was a couple of other names that um i recognized and i thought Do you know what unbelievable at the time i didn't know who roberto yeah, perez was were, but yeah. he went on to be as big as he did so yeah, because you know, at that time, they'd have just been up-and-coming kids anyway, wouldn't yeah, they? Correct, correct. And um, it's not until you see that and sort of think, Jesus, I was on the same yeah, so you've actually pitch as Roberto yeah. Pires. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a big thing. So well, you didn't know, when you, when you see Pires obviously playing for Arsenal, you didn't know, oh, well, I no, played again. You no, know, do you know what? That, that didn't trigger it either. No, no, I didn't. All right. Do you know what? Sometimes in life as well, and... and um, 
because you're in the moment, you don't think about things. I didn't take any of the programs from those games. Do you know what I mean? I should, yeah. I think now and think uh, in the dressing room, there was probably a load of dress programs and uh, on, on the, 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 the table when you walk in for the game and, you know, with the teams and the, the, the little bits, just like a, a, a just a, um, you know, game program. And I should have picked one up on every single game. I mean, stupid, really. It would have been nothing to anyone bar me. Yeah. it would have been that memento but at the time you're too cool to do things like that aren't you, you know, <laughs> that would have been um, the same era as Trezeguet Henri I think yeah, I think, yeah I think it was Trezeguet I think when you said um, Trezeguet I'm pretty sure that was the name that was on there as well Henri yeah. definitely wasn't it wasn't Henri but um, just just unbelievable really yeah, that's, that's... was you ever want to swap shirts take shirts or anything um no not not a lot there was the odd game i mean I, as i say i, I was yeah i wasn't uh, I, i'm nowadays as well i'm not that much of a sort of desperate to go and get that person's autograph or that person's i mean if i saw um someone in, in an airport i probably would be the one just to uh not sort of go up to them my missus is the one that will go well, i'm going up and i'd say babe God, jesus do you have to come on <laughs> Go on then, get me your autograph as well. <laughs> I'm one of them. So, uh, um, no, I, I didn't. I, I tell a story where when I was at Reading, we played against Chelsea in the, um, I think it was the Coca-Cola Cup then or whatever it was called, but it was the League Cup one night. And um, uh, we played against them. And it, I'll tell you when it was, I think it was uh, 98, I think it must have been. It would have been. That would have been. Uh, no, it wouldn't have been 98. It had been 2000. And when did France win the World Cup? 98 and when? Two. Oh, two? In 2000. 2002. Two, two, must have been, yeah, because it was, it was, uh, it got to be 2002, back, back, back. wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. So it was Cup. Yeah, you're right. It was 2002. We played them at um, the Medeski and Desai played. So I, I went out there straight away and said, look, can I have your shirt? And he, he said, yeah, but he, he obviously didn't want to be there. It was, it was the first round or second round or something of the, um, the, the League Cup. And I remember he was, he was a bit arrogant, but I suppose he's just won the World Cup and he's probably thinking, I don't want to be playing here on a Tuesday night. Do you know what I mean? But he got a smack in the face in the last minute. They won 1-0, a, a crap goal we give away. And I think Mutu scored, which is probably the only goal he ever scored for Chelsea, wasn't it? <laughs> he, he got yeah, a smack and he cut many. his lip. And um, I remember as he come off, I said, can I have your shirt? And he, he, he said, get off, get off me. He said like that and gone back in his, his dressing room. And I, I stood outside and the kit man, I said, look, Desi's, Desi's asked, I said, he said, yeah, can have my shirt. So he said, I'll go in and ask. And he, he's, he come back in the end with it. And I said, look, does he want mine? And he said, no, he said, he don't want yours. So I thought, you know what? And then to this day, I thought, do you know what? I've got Desai's shirt. It's been in a bag in my loft ever since because I, I, it means nothing to me because of just the way it came about. I wish I'd gone yeah. and got John Terry's because John Terry was as good as gold throughout the whole game. He was brilliant. Mad, isn't it? Like yeah. things that most fans would never sort of realise, like how certain players would behave and that. Yeah, only I mean, a little bit. Know, as well, when I become a manager as well, I was at Brentford um, as a manager towards uh, from um, sort of January, February time all the way to the end of the season. And every single manager I came up against, um, we played with, you know, against, we, we either went in their um, office after a game or they come in ours um, at, at Brentford. And it's funny because some that, I was looking forward to really disappointed and others that I was thinking, do you know what, what a nice guy is Peter Reed, such a nice man. Do you know what I mean? Lovely, Absolutely. Dude. Other than 
not bringing down Maradona on the halfway line. Just a, a fine, a fine man. Couldn't yeah. catch him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just yeah. But uh, yeah, what a really nice man. But there are others, unfortunately, that disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Really. Mm. And then um, yeah, so he spent three years at, at Brighton, and yeah. then well, Gus Poyet came in, and then sort of spelled the end of of your time there. Mm. What was the sort of feeling around that? at the time for you? Because like, I've heard that sort of, like we've said with other managers and we've had other players on that have said, honesty is the best policy. He'd rather mm. know. Mm. Did, did it sort of cut deep that he, he wasn't as, as honest as some of the others have been with yeah, you? I mean, that's the, the problem I had with Gus. And and the, the disappointment was for me is I, I was top scorer. I'd scored by um, end of January when sort of Gus came in, I'd scored 16 goals, something like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, and uh, I remember going to see to Gus and saying, look, Gus, what's the situation contracts? He said, there's um, no contracts, no contracts at the moment. And I understand that because he said, we don't know what league we're going to be in. We could be in, we could get relegated or we could stay in league one. We could be in league two. So I said, okay, fine. So um, he come out onto the training ground following day. He said, I don't want anyone knocking on my door. No contracts are going to be offered until we know where we are. Okay. So don't everyone think about it. So everyone was like, okay, fair enough. And I was absolutely fine. And then a week later, he signed, a, some, one of the lads signed a contract. Do you know what I mean? So I went and knocked on his door, which is, as I say, you can be a pain in the ass sometimes. And I said, Gaffer, look, don't mean to do this, but I'm not a kid. I'm 32 years old, 33 years old. I said, um, I've got four months left on my contract. You might not care that I've got a wife and kids at home and that, but that, that, you know, and I understand football, but listen, just give me an idea of where you're with, at with me because I'm not quite sure. And wherever it is, I'll, I, I, can, I, can, I can deal with it. Do you know what I mean? You can say to me, and I said, Gaffer, you can say, Foz, I'd like to keep you, um, but I can't do anything at the moment. You can say, Foz, I'm definitely not going to keep you, but I need you, and that would have been fine. And Or you can say, Foz, I'm not too sure because of your age, because of the way you're playing. You, you could have said any of them. And I would have carried on playing for you because I love the club. I, I respect you, you know, Gus Poye. And he said, no, he said, no, I've got nothing. So I said, okay. So I left it a couple of weeks. And then I said to him, look, Gus, you know, you, you're not signaling any sort of intent with me. I'm not a kid. As I say, um, am I allowed to look around to see what other clubs there are? He said, yeah, if you want to look around, you can look around. So I said, okay, fine. So that sort of signaled to me his intent. And uh, my agent then put out on Sky Sports, Nicky Forster allowed to, you know, talk to other clubs with a view to, to leaving Brighton. And he just went ballistic. You know, he didn't shout at me, but I, uh, I remember it was a Saturday morning and we were meeting at the coach at Clackett Lane Services on the M25 and we were going to play late in Orient. And as I was walking along, I walked up with, with two other lads and he said morning to one of the lads. He went morning to the other one. He said, you, you can go home. I'll see you tomorrow at the training ground, nine o'clock. So that was the Sunday. Went in Sunday and Gaffo is, Gaffer's not in today. I ah. said, well, he's asked me to come in and, and meet him. He said, well, he's not in today. I said, okay, so I've, I've driven down for a meeting though. He said, well, he ain't in today. Come back tomorrow. Unbelievable. I know. And, and then he just started playing games like that. He had me running up and down the, the side of the pitch whilst the players were all playing and training and playing five-a-sides and just beasted me. The physio, I mean, the, 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 um, the um, uh, sports scientist 
he used to come to me and and he was actually younger than I was at the time. He's about 30, 30, 29, 30, 31. And I was 32. And he said, Foz, I'm sorry, I've got to do this to you. And I said, yeah, look, stretch. It's okay. Listen, I understand what football's about. And in the end, um, I, I left on deadline day last Thursday of uh, March, the March deadline and went to Charlton. And the day I left, I, I went over to Gus after training. I said, Gus, can I have a chat? And he said, yeah, if you want to chat. And he started walking. I said, no, can we sit down? It was a lovely sunny day, um, March day. So the sun was out and it was a nice warm day. I said, can we sit down and just have 10 minutes? And I took my shoes off and I said, Gus, what was, what was the situation? Talk to me. And he said, Foz, he said, it was just your age. He said, it was your age, which I weren't sure about. I said, Gus, you could have said that to me. Yeah. And I would have still played for you and I would have still scored a goal for you. And I would have, you know, and I could have left at the end and it didn't have to be this way. And he said, well, I couldn't take that chance. I couldn't be honest with you because you might have kicked off. And I said, Gus, I, I, I laid it out. I told you. And I said, look, Gus, it's not what you did. It's the way you did it. And that, that was, yeah, and, and we shook hands and we shook hands and we've seen, I've seen him <clears> a number of times. I've texted him a few times. And, and the nice thing is that um, I, I don't hold any, you know, um, grudge and um, yeah, we're, we're on good terms. But um, as I say, I just didn't like the way he did it. Well, to apologise for you, you'll have to text him and get him on here for us. Make <laughs> 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 it up to me, Gus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, go on, Greg. Uh, just on that, um, there's a few players I saw that... Um, at the time, a young Ashley Barnes. Yeah, well, Ash, Ash, in, Ash came in the day after I left. So oh, okay. we, we bought Ashley Barnes. He's going to play. You won't play. Oh. So you need to go. And Lewis Dunk? Dunkey was there when I played, yeah. yeah. So Dunkey was a youth team player. Um, yeah. um, really good friends with, with my lad, Jake. So they were was both... Say, was he there as well? Yeah, Jake so Jake, there? Yeah, oh, Jake was there as well, which was... Yeah. Which was um, which was a shame, really, because for him to witness me getting sort of treated, treated like that, in that yeah. way was, was not very nice. Not Did you ever nice. play in the same team? No, we were. I think he was on the bench one day. I played, um, so um, unfortunately, um, he didn't get on, or or I got taken off and he got on. I can't remember, but yeah, we were. I think we were on the bench once. Together. That would have been class, wouldn't it? Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's still the youngest player to start for Brighton or score for Brighton. I can't remember which one he's got. Didn't affect him then, like what will happen between you and Gus and whatnot. No, Gus loved him, and um, and, and to be fair, Gus was really good like that in terms. He didn't let my situation with Gus affect um, Jake's situation because yeah. I was concerned about that. Yeah, naturally, mm. yeah. And then, like you said, when you left, they moved on to Charlton, back with Parkey as well. Yeah, yeah, Parkey. I mean, I, mem I remember um, they were towards the top of the league and uh, uh, flying they were. And he just said, you know, bring you in for a bit of experience, the last push. And we got into the playoffs and we played Swindon. And um, uh, Charlie Austin was on fire for Swindon. It was a really yeah. good, I think it was a one-all game. We, we drew one all at their place and brought them back to the Valley. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm sure we went 2-0 up. And then they equalised two terrible goals we gave away, equalised. It went through to penalties. Nicky Bailey, who was the captain, Parkey was brilliant. He, 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 uh, two weeks before the end of the season and during the, uh, the playoffs whilst we were training, he, 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 he put goals out on the pitch. And after every training session, he split them into um, groups of five. And you went over and took three penalties each player, took three penalties. So I'd take a penalty, then another one. Uh, then I remember this. I know when that was. Yeah. 
and um, to get everyone used to it. And they had four keepers in and, you know, there was sometimes he got even the youth team behind the goal to sort of try and rib the (laughs) players and like, you know, to try and create that pressure scenario. And it was a really good thing. But Nicky Bailey and he slammed every single penalty into the top right corner, just slammed it. And I said, Bales, Bales. It's a great pen, mate. But I said, the moment you miss, it ends up in row Z. There's no room for error. And he was like, no, no, no. And the only one he missed was that one. And, and out of 10 yeah. penalties, that was the only one that's missed. And he was distraught. He was utterly distraught. And he did put it in row Z or something. He went sky high. Do you know what I mean? You got in his head. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it's probably my <laughs> fault. Yeah. Yeah, no. Did they Funny get promoted enough, yeah. the following season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, Nicky, he's, Nicky's actually from the same area as me. And um, Is it Barnet way? Uh, no, that's where he's from. Rahampton, well, Putney. That's where he's okay. from originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He said, I remember, funnily enough, nothing to do with actually Nicky. Well, the story about Nicky, but I was in a pub in Putney not that long ago, and yeah. I worked around the corner from this pub, and there were some Charlton fans in there, and we got talking about Nicky. Mm. Um, they haven't forgiven him for that. This oh. geezer was like, really. Calling- Calling him all sorts of expletives. Ah. Like, Come on, mate, it's a bit strong. Like, yeah, because it, I tell you what, he did not play well from that season. Oh, he, yeah. was he was captain, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. And he scored some vital goals. He really did. He was, yeah. yeah. He was in the Sutton first team when I was in the youth and reserves for Sutton. And he, he then got his move into the football league, like with Barnet and that. And then from then, he just kicked on South End. Yeah, then up to Borough, yeah, and he he was immense for Charlton. Like that, that would have obviously tarnished, as Matty's saying, like some people's views on him. But I mean, he was ridiculous. Like made him cap, like got himself into the position where he was captain and everything. He was yeah, coming from non-league. Just in the time I was there, he scored some really good goals. He was a good player. I've never, very good, I've never very understood good that about full-grown men. Like you must have seen football from like boy to man, <laughs> and someone misses like one penalty, and you don't know. Like yeah. what about all the other stuff he did? Yeah, you've got to get out. You get out. You've got to get, you get over that. that surely, yeah. Yeah, listen, he hasn't stepped up there and uh, he hasn't stepped up there and, and meant to miss as he's given nah, it his all. And, and you look at the character, how he played, he was a leader on the pitch, so he gave everything he got. And um, the other thing is, you know, in some ways, what you're saying is if he hadn't have put himself up there and said, No, I'm not going to take one, he'd still been a legend. I mean, and yet, as a manager, when you say, Right, well, who wants a penalty? you don't want 11 people go. Oh, I don't want one. Yeah. You know what I mean, you want people going, That's me. I'll have one, Gaffer. I'll have one. I'll have one. You know what I mean? You want he's, got, he's got that armband on. He's stepping up yeah, and, course, and yeah. saying, I'll, I'll take it by the scruff yeah. of the neck. And he's just missed. That's it. Correct. It's, correct. It was the same with England. Like you had um, the 98 World Cup when the likes of David Batty missed. And yeah. there were some big names. Sure. David Batty was actually eighth or ninth on the list. I mean, big names that didn't fancy it. That's what I mean. I mean, Batty, let's, let's be honest. If we put picked our five penalty takers at that time, you wouldn't put Batty in the top no. five. He'd be beyond yeah, the fucking yeah. goalkeeper. People that bottled it, yeah. I wouldn't want Southgate taking a penalty either. No. I mean, his but penalty again, was awful, wasn't it? He just didn't look confident at all, no. did he? But again, he showed the bollocks because he, he was ahead of like other players that didn't fancy it. They're like, it's the same with the uh, the women in the FA in the World Cup. Steph Halton, didn't she? Yeah. She misstepped up. And do you know what I mean? To, to criticise her, I mean, she's our leader, wasn't she? She was an absolute uh, warrior, wasn't she? Yeah, quality. Mm. Yeah, 100%, mate. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry, Greg, go on, mate. Uh, there's, there's just another player. Um, he would have obviously been young. It's John Joe Shelby. Yeah, John Joe was there. Yeah, I mean, he was um, 
he was a special, really young boy then. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. um, but he he was a good player even then, and you could just tell he had a he had a um, a manner about him on the pitch that everything was came quite easily. You look at him; he's quite a, almost lethargic in his yeah. style, isn't he? Yeah. Sort of sort yeah. of wanders around, and he's got a rangy run. And um, you know, he's I mean, how many Premier League games has he played now? I mean, just Shit, hundreds like, of games, quite yeah. a lot, yeah. I mean, you look at his teams. It was where was he? Swansea, Liverpool, um, Newcastle. Um, just played huge amount of games. Yeah, yeah. Cause you had him in Liverpool, didn't you, Greg? Yeah, I forgot him. Yeah, I, like, I really liked him, mate. Greg honest. loves him. Greg loves him. Yeah, I do like him. I think he's a quality player. But I think obviously, as you say, I think um, a bit like how Pogba gets labelled, like oh, he struts around and all this. But sometimes that's just how players are. They're, they're naturally that good. I was just about to say Glenn Murray at Brighton. Everyone thought, Glenn Murray, come on, Mazza, you've got another gear. He looks, he looks like he's rolling around in first or second gear. But he wasn't. He was trying hard. But he's just his style gave you yeah. the impression. Berbatov, I mean, think Berbatov was in first or second gear. But Berbatov <laughs> just was, you know, just fabulously talented. But... You know, I, I don't think these guys are deliberately not trying, but they do oh, give no. an impression that they could do more, which is, yeah, which yeah. is frustrating for a fan because, and, and, and yet, Glenn Murray, you'd see Glenn Murray, he was the same. I sort of called him a poor man's Berbatov, which is unfair <laughs> to him because he's now scored so many goals. But um, Great goal scorer. Yeah. yeah. But he, I looked at him and he, he was targeted and labelled as, as a lazy player. And yet, um, in the running and all the stats and things like that, he weren't. He was up with yeah. everyone. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But he just looked like quite sort of lethargic in his style. The boys say it about me. They say I don't put a shift in. It's just because I'm that slow. I look like I'm not. <laughs> I'm putting yeah. it in. <laughs> and Leon McKenzie as well, Nicky. Yeah, Leon. Um, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Everyone said Leon was, was, was injured quite a bit. There was a few players on the injury table and the treatment table when I was there. Leon was one of them, didn't play much, but, um, you know, really good character. I mean, some of the stuff he's doing now, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he does really well for, um, you know, for, um, I mean, he's boxing and so forth, but in Lots terms of mental, of health, mental, stuff. mental health stuff, it's is brilliant as well. Is it, yeah, he's helped out one of our, one of our mates as such, hasn't he? Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah, my manager, <laughs> my football manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Doing yeah, good he's stuff. Top man, Leon. Um, and then after after your loan expired at Charlton, obviously he was out of contract at, at Brighton. You moved on to back to Brentford. Yeah. How did that sort of come about? Did they sort of tap you up while you was at Charlton? Did you know? No, that they came in. Leon? They came in for me. Um, they just came in for me, and and um, I decided I. I there was a possibility of going to um, staying at Charlton, but it, it just didn't materialise for a while. Um, Charlton were, were up in the air, didn't know whether Parky was going to stay, but um, um, Andy Scott came in for me and it, it just felt sort of right. But um, unfortunately, I just couldn't find the form. Just uh, whether the years had caught up with me, games body had caught up with me. I felt good enough. I felt like I could, I could perform. I didn't feel like too stiff or... Or like I was carrying injuries, I felt okay, but I just you lost a yard, or I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, I just, I just, I just didn't, I just couldn't quite get that. Whether it was a style of play as well, it yeah. was slightly not not fitting for me, but it, it just 
I just couldn't turn it into really good performances. And unfortunately, he lost his job and, and that allowed me to being the most senior player at the club to take over and, and have a great experience as a manager. Yeah. Uh, go on, Greg. Just before you came became manager, uh, I read up, did, did you go on like a good cup run and played Everton? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Did, we you, played, did you play uh, in that game? I was sub in that game, came on, I think, for the last bit. But yeah, it was an amazing, amazing game at Griffin Park. And, uh, Beat them on penalties or something. Yeah, that's right. You know, it was an incredible, incredible experience. But um, yeah, just beaten at the, at the, right at the death on penalties. But yeah, I mean, it, the, there were some really good games in that season. But unfortunately, uh, Andy Scott lost his, lost his job. He had Terry Boulevant as well as his um, assistant, who just an absolute knowledge of the game. Um, but um, it, it just wasn't to be. And um, but as I say, it just gave me the opportunity. We were we were doing really well cup competitions, but just not doing well enough in the league, struggling at the bottom of the league. And, played uh, against some players that day, mate. I've, I've got the line up there: like Leighton Baines, Jagielka, Distan, Neville, Coleman, Arteta, Fellaini, Yakubu, Beckford. Probably better than our team on the day. <laughs> <laughs> Was but, you player yeah, manager or just just manager? No, I was just I was a player then. That was when Andy Scott was manager. When oh, when right. you took over from from Andy Scott, was, like it was on a temporary basis at first. Was you playing as well, or did you just go all in on the management? Yeah, no, I, I was a player manager, but I just said straight away, I won't. They said, look, what are you? What is your intention? They all, almost sort of preempted it and said, look, what's your intention if you take over as a player manager? I mean, it was only three games, so I didn't play myself for the three games. Um, to be honest with you, Gary Alexander was playing well. Charlie McDonald was playing well up front. They were the first choice choice pairing anyway. Any manager coming in, including myself, would have said they're the two boys to play. So I, I couldn't play myself. But um, we, we, we had three games, myself and Mark Warburton, who's now current uh, QPR manager. Um, yeah, we had, um, we had three games. I think we won three games. One of them was the cup semi-final area final for the Johnson's paint against Exeter. We won that 3-1 away from home. And, and so we were going to Wembley. And yeah. they said, look, if we give it to you to the end of the season, what's your, what's your plans? What's your views? And I said, well, look, if, if you're going to give it to me to the end of the season, from March to the end of the season, I'll call it a day. That's a natural time for me to, to re retire. Um, so I, I made the announcement straight away so I could just concentrate all in with management. Yeah, I, I, again, over to you, Greg. Yeah, no, so it's just on that. Like, so you went on to win that, didn't you? 1-0. Um, or did you... Final. Did you, did you Final. Oh, no, you no, lost, no, you no, lost one. Lost one nil. Sorry, you lost no, it. Was um, got over oh, no, it until you just, I got over it until you just brought it up again. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I, I read it wrong. I'm sorry. But there's a couple of players um, I saw in the squad then. So, Jeff Schlupp. Uh, Jeff Schlupp, yeah. We signed Jeff yeah. Schlupp from uh, Leicester and uh, brought him in really quick. And uh, he was excellent, really good, fantastic young lad and sharpened up training. We, we named a number of signings and they all sharpened the, the, the whole place up, shook the place up a little bit and just just gave it a fresh, you know, a, a, a bit of a, a sort of a, a breath of fresh air and, and results were, were instant. They really were. And one of your favourites till Alex McCarthy. Oh yeah. Did did you bring um did you bring Tumani Diagaraga in or was he already there? No, Tumani was all, all already in there, you know, really good player, really cultured Peach. player. Yeah, he played the sitting role and he was just excellent, just really good on the ball, moved the ball and he was fantastic for us. Yeah, he done brilliant at Brentford, he did. Mm. Um 
and what was that experience like as well, managing at Wembley? Like, because obviously it's a com- complete different ball game to being a, being a player in that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's just again, it was slightly surreal. And um, sometimes in life, you just need to sometimes take a step back out of it, out of the moment, and go, oh, okay, <laughs> enjoy this because yeah. this ain't gonna last more than sort of four or five hours in total. And you ch- your chances are you'll never get this again. And that that really was it. But I I, I enjoyed it, other than the fact that. Um, we obviously lost the game. So that was disappointing. We didn't get the celebration. It was tough going to, to see and, and seeing them at the end. We, we went up and collected a runner up medal. They then went and got the actual trophy. Um, so that was tough. But um, in terms of the experience, it was just incredible. Uh, we didn't play particularly well. We froze on the day a little bit. Jeff Schlup should have scored, ran round and, and hit the post from a very narrow angle when he should have actually scored. It was an easier an easier opportunity to score rather than to miss, but it was just just that little bit of inexperience on the day cost us. They had been there the pre- previous year, I think, and lost one nil. So they'd come back. That's two years in a row. Carlisle got there, and um, and and they they were successful that year against us. Sadly, yeah. Um, again, you, Greg, mate, go on. Yeah. Did did like um, experiences like what you had with Gus and that. Um, and obviously other managers as well. Did that help you in the short stint that you had with regards to the players you had at the time? Yeah, I tried not to bluff. I tried to sort of tell players exactly where I felt I, I, I was with them in the nicest possible way I could. Sometimes that was a harsh truth. Um, I, I just don't feel like that you're as good as this player that's playing in your position at the moment. Uh, but I tried to always to be honest, try and always, always be fair. And uh, they don't like it, players, because ultimately they're not getting what they want, which is a, a starting jersey. But um, yeah, I mean, I I certainly try and give that honesty yeah, to, to anyone True. that I'm coaching. And, you know, listen, I, I run a business now and I try and do that to staff as well. Yeah. Um, and then when that season came to an end, did they make it clear to you that, like, you weren't going to be the, the manager that they went with? or They allowed me to pitch for the job, but it soon became clear that what they were looking for wasn't me with an inexperienced uh, part, you know, background. Um, the assistant that was with me, to be honest with you, he was he was pretty instrumental as well in, in the change of fortune and he wanted to go for it individually. So um, it made it very difficult. Um, neither of us were successful. Um, so um, it, it, it turned out to be fairly apparent that it wasn't going to be me yeah it's a shame and then um obviously you went on and and played in non-league as well you, you went on to to play for Lingfield and Dover and yeah. then also man managed Dover and Staines yeah um, is that sort of chapter of your career sort of closed now on, on the management side yeah I mean I, I managed at um at Dover and it was a good job um uh, and uh, we were we were doing really well we were third in the league um we were running away with it with the two above us who were in touching distance within one or two points. Um, And then over Christmas and new year in that level of football, what you do is you play, um, you, you, you play the, the the teams um, geographically closest to you. So there's not a huge amount of traveling over Christmas and new year. So we played Tunbridge twice in, in about five, six days. We lost our own one nil last kick of the game. And we lost away last kick of the game. One nil. My cousin's their manager. Sorry. My cousin's their manager, Tumbridge oh, Angels, right. Steve yeah. McKinnon. Yeah, and they um, and and they were Tommy Warrillow, I think, was manager then. But we right. um, 
and, and as a result, we, we had a number of injuries. We had a, a few players out with illness and there was loss of form. There's no doubt about it. And we had a, a, a run of four games. So we had four games, straight defeats. And what that did, that we were still third in the league, but it just meant the pack below us was catching us back up again. And I, I thought, OK, fine. Listen, four games without a, a, a win is, is not great, obviously, but mm. I still pitch us as, as getting in the playoffs, which is what the target was at the start of the season. And the manager sacked me. He said, put me, <laughs> he said, well, he put me on gardening leave. He said, your service is no longer required. Wow. So um, brought someone in 24 hours later. So they'd obviously been tapped up. And um, uh, it, it, I carried on a gardening leave until they actually fired me and I had to take them to a tribunal. And I, I, do you know what? The whole thing made me think, if this is management, I'm not sure I want it. Do you know what I mean? If I was yeah. third from the bottom, I'd have accepted getting the sack underachieving but to be sacked when you're third from top I thought no do you know what this is not for me I try I, I went back in at Staines which is a much better club in terms of it, it, it was it was a much softer feel to the club it wasn't such a hard edge to the club and I enjoyed my time there but I came out of that one as well and I thought do you know what this isn't for me and I, I, I don't look back and I would never go back as a manager no matter who offered me a job I don't blame you it's the nature of that business is it it's not there's very few that sort of can stick around at any given club for a long period of time, regardless well, of... It, it goes in hand with what I said earlier on, is that that isn't my passion. The actual game itself, student of the game, is not my passion. My passion is what I do now. And yeah. do you know what? If you're not passionate about something, no matter how much people offer you and where you're going to go, if you're not passionate about it, you get found out. Do you know what I mean? So, um, you know, in the same way, a, a young lad trying to be a professional footballer, if they don't really want it, they ain't going to last for long. Yeah, no, it's true, mate. And then, obviously, it brings us up to what we spoke about with what you're doing now. But to sort of tie everything together, I just got a, a list of a few questions just to sort of Fire based on, 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 your, on your whole career. So Go for it. First one's first. Is best player you ever played with? Uh, Peter and Love. Oh, Peter. Fair play. Nudie. Nudie. <laughs> <laughs> um, best player you played against? Uh, John Terry. Really? Yeah, it was good. Was he was he a young and all at the time? Yeah, he was. Yeah, youngster. Yeah, and and do you know what? Um, I I was I'm, I'm older than him probably by I don't I don't know how many years I'm older than him by, but I mean he kept calling me he was calling me Fozzy on the pitch. I was thinking I don't even know you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I knew who he was because he was a he was a, a leader and, and do you know what I mean? It, well, we just knew who he was. He was he was still quite high profile at that time, but. He was chatting to me and I remember throwing him a dummy and, and sort of getting away from him and he'd come back and tackle me. He said, Foz, I thought you'd, got, he thought, I thought you'd done me then. Do you know what I mean? I thought that's quite a nice thing for a yeah, Premier yeah. League player to chat to someone and, and fair play, you've done me there. Do you know what I mean? And I think that, and, and Deso, he couldn't do that. He couldn't, he couldn't switch off. Yeah. That's brilliant. Again, it's a side you, you don't hear of, of no. players like that, you know? No, and, and do you know what? I thought, do you know what? I don't know, again, Terry, we've talked about sort of Marmite, haven't we, a lot. And, and yeah. some people love Terry and some people hate him. But do you know what? I'd rather him on my team than not. He was he was brilliant. He's just just put everything on the line. He really did. Well, he's one of them. Yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea fans love him. Everyone else hates him because of yeah. that. He, he yeah. was one of that, them. And that, you're, you're right. That's the reason why, yeah. Yeah. Um, Top draw. Most underrated player you ever played with? I think uh, 
I think um, James Harper at um, Reading, he was him and him and Steve Sidwell when they played Sidders, they both were brilliant, had brilliant engines in that Reading team. They, they were both superbly um, physically specimens and they were excellent um, in that department, but they were underrated as, as players. And um, I mean, Sidders went on and has had a great career. He went from Reading to Chelsea. Um, but um, those two boys were on the face of it, didn't look like on the uh, names on the team sheet, probably wouldn't scare you, but when they're on the pitch, Jesus, you couldn't get near them. Class. Is he still at Brighton coaching? Uh, he does do some coaching there, yeah. I saw him today, actually, funnily enough, uh, on, on a, a bike ride that we bumped into each other. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he does coach him at Brighton, yeah. You didn't fall off, did you? No, not today. Bumped into each other? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's the worst trainer? Um... High tech. It's got to oh. be John Parkin, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think Parky possibly <laughs> might go down as the worst trainer. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking uh, uh, who 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 it was. I've seen loads of players, funnily enough, who are brilliant trainers, but can't take it into a game. And Mickey Adams used to call them training ground internationals. And it, it thumbs them up. Do you know what I mean? On training, they look a million dollars. You put them in front of the crowd and they just can't do it. So uh, Parky, yeah, but... Um, Parky was a, a really uh, and, and carried on playing much longer than people gave him credit for but he was a, a really good um, really good player actually technically good player better than people um, thought he was and he had a really purple patch at um, Cardiff um, but um, yeah Par Parky was, is up there for sure and I always will despise him for what he done at Preston against Leeds we were I think 4-1 up or 4-2 up at half time Mm. And he scored four goals in the second half and beat six four. Oh, <laughs> he was lethal at Preston and all. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he looks like he should permanently have a pint in his hand. He, <laughs> he, he looks does. Like the guy he at the bar, doesn't he? Yeah, he used to go up, home every say. every night and go to the pub. But yeah. he was a brilliant, brilliant character, and he was yeah. so good for the dressing room. You know. Uh, Likes a bath and all, doesn't he, Nicky? Funny guy. Yeah, yeah. I got in his bath once, as everyone knows. And uh, yeah, he, he threw a turd in it. <laughs> the size of a Coke can. That's what killed me. The size yeah. of a Coke can. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Hello. Oh, God. I got out the bath. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was the hardest player you played with? Um, played against. Um, the no, uh, no with we well, oh, do both, but yeah, with against uh, one of the tough ones. He seemed like an absolute nutter. He grabbed me around the throat once. Was the fullback at West Ham? Was it Repka? Thomas Repka. Oh my god, yeah. he just wanted to fight every single minute, every yeah, single minute like of the game. Lot. He just wanted. He had that sort of crazy-eyed maniac on it all the time, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? He was mad, wasn't he? He checked. Yeah. He was Czech Republic. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he, 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 as I say, I remember him grabbing me. I tried to get his hand off my throat and I, could, I couldn't even move it. <laughs> Someone like, Strong I can't remember, I was at Reading at the time, so Parky probably had to come and say, could you please let him go? <laughs> <laughs> I needed someone to help me. But um, in terms of the hardest player, well, I don't, I, I don't know in terms of, in terms of physically fighting tough, I, I, I have no idea. In terms of one of the dirt, dirtiest and hardest players was Martin Granger. And I played with him at Brentford and at Birmingham. And um, he was just, I mean, talk about commit, commitment with a tackle. He went in at 110% and if he hurt people, he hurt them. That was just this sort of... Ain't, ain't you Martin Granger? Yeah, I was going to say. 
<laughs> you got mistaken for him, didn't you, in the night out? Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm with you now, guys. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and he had me up. In fact, funnily enough, he had me up by the throat as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God. Um, who was the biggest diva? Uh, Paul Furlong. I yeah. tell you what, Paul Furlong was one of the best players I've ever ever seen play, and. Uh, but you just didn't get him to play so much because if there was something wrong, like a, a, a racehorse, the slightest niggle, Furs would say, can't play today. Furs <laughs> had to be 100% right. I mean, I remember watching him in training once on a Friday and he was, oh my God, just on a different plane to everyone else. I'm thinking, I'm almost thinking, Jesus, I'm looking forward to seeing Furs tomorrow. You'll score tomorrow, Furs. Came in, went up to the manager. No, knee's not quite right, calf's not, something weren't quite right, ruled himself out. Unbelievable. But, um, ruled himself out. Those players, and that's, um, that's not me being critical of Furs, because I, I really like Furs. I love Furs a lot. But he just was one of those players, unless he was 100% bang on, he weren't going out. That's as, the manager get, as the manager getting on, he's like, come on, mate, you're all right. I know, <laughs> Trevor, Trevor used to be like Furs. You know, you you were brilliant yesterday. It must <laughs> must have been really frustrating for Trevor Francis. Oh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> um, who was a funny man? Uh, Glenn Little uh, at Reading, Blakey. Blakey, yeah, and uh, just so funny. His stories were really funny. Uh, he was a genuinely funny man. Never stopped talking. And uh, another one was the goalkeeper coach at um, Charlton, Andy Woodman, who went to uh, went with pards everywhere he went. He told a good story as well. Yeah, I've seen him interviewed recently as well, Woody. He's, he's I think a, he's he, he did, did the did a podcast as well, which I did recently as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I've I've actually crossed paths with with Glenn Little as well before because I think he's a Wimbledon boy. Actually, I think he's from from Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah. And um, I used to play golf at London Scottish Golf Club, Wimbledon Common. Yeah. And uh, he knew a few fellas there, and I, I was only young at the time. I was only about fourteen, fifteen, and they they done like a pro am down there. Yeah, and um, they had like some pro golfers and some pro football players and boxers and that. And he he played um, in the four ball in front of us, and we'd often sort of bump into him. And he was a right character, like really yeah, is, funny yeah. fella. Yeah, he is really good. Good man. golfer and all. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, but he's a funny boy, that's for sure. Yeah, he's a character. Um, which manager was the best in training? Like pl- when they took part like Trevor played. Francis by a million miles just did things in terms of just unbelievable just uh, and as I say probably nearly close to 50 at that time and uh, just the things he could still do with a football was just really I mean it'd be as a, it'd be sort of I remember being in the corner trapped in and and some, suddenly he whipped a ball in and us forwards were just standing like not on our heels do you know what I mean he said well, why have you not reacted and we were like Jesus, we didn't even know that you could get a ball in from there. Do you know what I mean? We were, you know, and and he was just special even then. You see why he's the first million pound player then? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, as well, when I was at um, Brentford first time round, um, when Webby was manager, on a Thursday, he used to bring in, um, I think the guy's name was Thompson. Dave Thompson was a QPR player and uh, Stan Bowles, who's a QPR. Yeah, they both live sort of in and around the area and they came in and trained with us. So Stan Bowles was cool as well. That's quality. Mm. Um, And I don't know if you sort of come across this, the initiations at the time with the singing. Who who was the best singer? Um, 
there was a number of people that you couldn't get them off in the end they used to get on your tits because you couldn't get them off and they wanted to do a second song and a third song and it turned into a bit of a concert and you just you know what I mean? like so, Kyle. um but um andy hughes was a good character he used to sing and uh he couldn't sing very well, but he, he loved it and he had all the moves and he started doing some dancing moves to it as well. So in the restaurant, in and around everyone who are actually dining, because we shared this restaurant when he did his initiation um, with actually the diners, he actually not only sung a terrible song, but started dancing as well. It was almost like a cabaret act. It was uh, it was dreadful, but brilliant at the same time. <laughs> oh, 10 dog, what a ledge. <laughs> um and this one you can sort of take however however you want, but biggest dick you ever played with? Um, uh, I didn't like uh, I didn't like Muscat. I just thought he went around trying to hurt people. I he didn't did. like that. Do you know what I mean? So um, you know. But having said that, I played with Ben Thatcher when we played for England under twenty ones, and he was a brilliant lad. So, um, but and he, really? he had sort of a name for himself as doing that, didn't he? I mean, we Pedro all... Mendes. Yeah, he smashed the guy, didn't he? But um, yeah, Muscat for me was one I I just thought, you know what, I'm going to stay away from him today. (laughs) He was an horrible bastard on the pitch. Yeah, he did. He he tried to hurt people. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. And last one: Who are your like closest mates in the game, and who can you? (laughs) <laughs> can you get any of them on for us? <laughs> well, Aidy Williams is my best mate, ex-Welsh international. Oh, and, um, yeah, so Aidy's still my best mate now. Um, so he, he is. Uh, but do you know what? I speak to... Football's a, a, a funny little world, as I say. We don't have to phone each other up every now and then. And I had two players ring me. Tommy Elphick rung me, the the ex-Bournemouth. And he, he's now at Huddersfield and he was at Aston Villa, the centre-half. Mm-hmm. He rung me this week. Um and I, I spoke to Andy Hughes this week, another one that I spoke of tonight. And um, I haven't spoken to him for probably two or three years. And we spoke, phoned up and we reminisced like we have tonight on similar stories that I've shared with you. So, uh, you know what, you don't have to speak to him a lot for them still to be uh, still to be good friends. And um, that's a sign know, of good mates and all. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You know, it's a sign of a really good friend that you don't ever have to ring them and speak to. Them. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. It's the ones you don't have to talk to. Yeah, that's right. So, listen, I, I'm sure I will. Uh, I will pass it on. I'm sure someone will be on uh, to follow me. That's superb. Brilliant. And um, yeah, have any of you boys got anything else you wanted to to bring up? No, mate. I'm no. no. Just thanks, Nicky. That's that was class and and wish wish your boy jake all the best as well and hopefully charlton get it done this year mate yeah i appreciate it i will pass on his his regards and and it was good to be on guys it's always good to go down memory lane and and think about uh some of those old stories that uh do you know what i mean i was fortunate enough to live 100 percent, yeah brilliant well great career mate and yeah all the best with everything you're doing as well with you with your your place in godston at the moment so um yeah thank you nicky appreciate it mate yeah, you're welcome for coming on nick Top guys, welcome. thanks guys and thanks for everyone who, who's watching and listening make sure you slap a like on the video subscribe to the video um subscribe to the channel and um yeah thanks everyone cheers guys <laughs>